greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Now at episode 101. Time to have a little fun, guys. Yes, the first 100 episodes of the Grenade now in the book. Want to thank everybody who joined the show last week one more time. John McAdam, Jamie Ward, Roman Gomez, and of course, my very own brother, Jesse. Thank you guys for being a part of Grenade episode 100, talking 1987 in the WWF. And to my brother, reliving a lot of childhood memories, always a fun time. Talking about the good old days. So many more memories to discuss here, perhaps, on later episodes, if my brother should ever return to the show. Up to him, leaving the ball there in his court. But for now, guys, we move on here with episode 101, now in the triple digits here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade, which means it's time to dive back into that 1987 WWF project. And this week, we head into the month of November, getting so close to the end of 87. Remember last week, if you guys missed it, Go back and do yourselves a favor, listen to episode 100, but I also announced that our very next project here on The Grenade, we're going to continue on here in the world of the WWF. Once 87 ends, we're going to keep the train moving into 1988 in the WWF. But before we can get there, we got to close out 1987, and yes, this week, it's all about November news and results. For 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. But before we get there, just a friendly reminder that you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and sister shows like Regional Wrestling, where we talk the territories right now in the middle of the Crockett Cup 86 with guest co-host Roman Gomez over there on the Regional Wrestling podcast. You can also listen to other shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, where I break down Raw versus Nitro. Yes, the weekly episodic beautiful thing known as the Monday Night War. But that's not all, guys. Also got to welcome wrestling legend Bob Roop to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network coming later in the month of September. Bob Roop joining WrestleCopia here with his very own podcast show, The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. As we go back in time, dive into the career, not just of Bob Roop, but everyone around him as well. Bob going to go behind the scenes, talk about being a booker, what it was like in the locker rooms, what some of the other wrestlers were like, relive a lot of his very famous angles, matches, and so much more. So be on the lookout coming very soon to WrestleCopia. That's the Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. And you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met. From Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And be sure to follow me on social media, guys, so that you can keep up with all of the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter or X. That's right. Follow me on Twitter, guys, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Really picking up there. The WrestleCopia Facebook page, about 5,000 followers right now and growing. 
So jump on in and have some fun there. And be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. It's been a little slow going. I'm not going to lie to you guys over there on YouTube. I try to add a couple videos a week right now throughout the month of August. But as the fall gets here, we're going to go right back into things. I've had a lot going on, and I just haven't had the time to cut out a lot of great videos to add to YouTube over the last several weeks. But that's all going to change, and we'll get right back into things there very soon. So once again, subscribe, youtube.com slash grenade. And of course, now is a phenomenal time, more than ever, to become a WrestleCopia patron. You can find me there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Give it a try. At that $5 all-access tier, get you all sorts of gifts for just $5, including all of my insanely detailed show notes for the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, the Regional Wrestling Podcast, may even drop some notes from the Bob Roop Show upcoming here very soon. You also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. And listen to this, thanks to Patreon. They now implement their Patreon audio streams onto Spotify. So if you use Spotify or don't mind using Spotify and you're a patron, you could actually listen to all of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia on Spotify as part of your Patreon account, which means if a show drops early, like Grenade Episode 100 and the recent regional wrestling covering the Crockett Cup, they both dropped days early, several, four or five days early, and they were both available on Patreon. And you could actually listen to that on Spotify. So you didn't have to just sit on that Patreon website. You could actually have went over to the Spotify app. Just one of the very cool new things here as part of Patreon. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, you'll also get remastered versions of the earliest episode of The Grenade, covering the 1989 NWA project, includes enhanced sound quality, and new content and conversation that was originally edited out of the initial broadcast, edited right back into the show. But that's still not all. You guys will also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, and of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday Night's Main Events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more, plus random bonus video drops. Just dropped a big one just the other day, 4.5 hours of bonus video footage there for patrons only. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. And there's no telling what me and Bob Roop are going to come up with to add to the all-access tier. So now is a great time to join before all the slots are filled. And guys, you're going to get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription, cancel any time. Show your support, guys. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like the content that we offer, and every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you can, help show your support, keep WrestleCopia and all of the podcasts here at the brand up and running for the years to come. And now that we got all of that out of the way, it's time to jump back into this 1987 WWF project. And this week, we're going to kick it off with a little November news here in the World Wrestling Federation. And right out of the gate, the pay-per-view war has begun. I'm talking about the WWF Survivor Series taking on Jim Crockett Promotions' Starcade. 
here in 1987. Now, in recent NWA versus WWF news, attorneys for the Wrestling Network, which is a subsidiary of JCP, the NWA, they've sent a written request to Titan, the WWF, asking the World Wrestling Federation to drop a clause in its contract with cable operators, which prohibits the cable companies from promoting, marketing, advertising, or presenting any other wrestling event within a 60-day period prior to or a 21-day period following a WWF pay-per-view. Wow. Now, the same article I got that from also contained comments from James Troy, you may have heard that name, who was part of Titan Sports, the vice president of the department in charge of the pay-per-views at that point in time. Now, Troy said the clause was necessary so it wouldn't create confusion in the pay-per-view marketplace between the two products. Troy also said the WWF wouldn't waive that protective clause as a result of Crockett's plea. Now, Vince McMahon using a pre-show at 7.30 p.m. leading into the 8 o'clock pay-per-view at this point in time reportedly Starcade must end before 7.30. Makes sense. Can't have them both going at the exact same time. And with a start time of 5 p.m. for Starcade, it gives the NWA only two and a half hours to perform on pay-per-view channels before Survivor Series takes over the same pay-per-view airwaves. Now, it's already been reported that Vince McMahon has a scheduled two-hour and 45-minute window to allow them 15 minutes to prep for the re-show, the replay, the rebroadcast, if you will, at 11 p.m. Now, for those unfamiliar with the time that was commonplace for Vince McMahon, the WWF, once their pay-per-view ended at the top of the following hour, they would replay the event. And in order to do that, they needed a few minutes to get everything back and queued up. It wasn't like today. Everything wasn't digital back then. Had to rewind the tapes and retransmit the broadcast. So Vince McMahon planning to start Survivor Series. The countdown at 7.30. The pay-per-view kicks off live at the Richfield Coliseum, 8 o'clock p.m. It's going to run to about 10.45. And then by 11 p.m., the replay. Going to go on the airwaves. Doesn't leave Jim Crockett a lot of time to get things going earlier in the day. And at this point, heading into the month of November, that's the way everything is structured, at least for now. Now, having the Survivor Series play into the Thanksgiving tradition that was Starcade, now becoming Survivor Series, Crockett was forced to make some other changes, changing some things up time-wise in regards to when Starcade will air, at least for closed-circuit television. Now, that's right, the NWA going to reschedule when their Starcade pay-per-view will air in most markets, most of the closed-circuit venues, which currently covers 44 sites. And at those closed-circuit venues, Starcade going to air on a three-hour delay. So it starts at 5 p.m. live on pay-per-view, the delay going to air in closed-circuit at 8 p.m., going head-to-head with the Survivor Series. Now, the idea behind that was people aren't going to want to leave their houses to view this event in the middle of Thanksgiving Day. So in order to prevent the show from interfering with Thanksgiving family dinners, Crockett made the call to bump Starcade up three hours, at least for the closed-circuit venues. Unfortunately, it goes head-to-head with the Survivor Series. So make the call. Die-hard NWA fans, maybe they make that drive to one of those closed-circuit locations to watch Starcade. But if I'm just a wrestling fan and I have an option to either drive to a venue or sit at home and order the pay-per-view, the Survivor Series, that's likely the choice I'm going with. I have it in the convenience of my own home. So while it sounds like a wise move overall, because let's face it, 
Had Crockett not moved closed circuit to later in the evening, not a lot of families going to leave dinner in order to go watch a wrestling event on a TV screen. Could have been financial suicide otherwise. Not that it wasn't anyway, but that's down the line. Now, overall, with the same pay-per-view companies carrying both the Starcade event and Survivor Series, if you had a few bucks burning a hole in your pocket and you were a big wrestling fan, boy, you were in for a treat Thanksgiving evening. And that's all I've got this week for the Survivor Series Starcade drama, but we do have a bunch of other WWF news to get into, including the World Wrestling Federation cutting down on house shows, at least for now, with weekday WWF house shows being cut from three shows down to two. The preliminary guys will now have less work, but that also means the cards are more stacked because you take the top stars from those C shows, you add them to those A and B shows. It does hurt the prelim guys, but you got to think with a bigger stacked card, it should elevate attendance, in theory anyway. And it's a win-win for the WWF, but not so much for those prelim guys. And by the way, the WWF also increasing their tickets by $1 across the board. As we head into our comings and goings feature here, try to cover this every month, only this month it's more like just goings, the Wild Samoan Sika was apparently fired, stemming from a recent unknown issue of conduct, but he was then quickly rehired because he'll be replacing Killer Khan, who abruptly leaves the WWF quitting without notice here in the month of November, and Killer Khan subsequently retires from the wrestling ring at that point. Now, I'm thinking if he was smart and saved his money that he just made with Hogan over the summer, did a couple of jobs here to Savage and Bigelow on the way out, I think Khan saw the writing on the wall. He had a few more matches with Hogan here in November, and when he finished those, he was just done. Gone without notice. The evil Mongolian, Killer Khan, strike Vince McMahon like Snake, and subsequently saves the job of Sika in the process. Now, also gone from the company, Cowboy Bob Orton. He's going to be detained and ultimately arrested at an airport in Canada after a flight from St. Louis to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I do believe some form of narcotics on his person were involved here. Uh, doing that crossing borders, never wise, Cowboy Bob. And this will indeed lead to his immediate release from the company. Early on here in the month of November, we also saw the recent return of Polish power, Ivan Putski. Well, Ivan, we hardly knew ye. Putski going to finish up by the end of this month once again. And it looks like no Survivor Series for Chavo Guerrero, Chavo Classic, who is already also gone from the company. Guess we'll have to wait a few years for Brother Hector to come in and work a Survivor Series instead. Boy, that should be egg sighting. Get it, guys? Hector, gobbledygooker, egg sighting. Eh. Now, in some good news for wrestling fans, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase going to return to action on November the 10th, and from all reports, he'll be 100% by that time. Remember, Teddy had recently injured his knee, I believe in a match with Brutus Beefcake, of all people. He had minor knee surgery and was out for just a couple weeks here, but he'll be back in time for the biggest storyline of his career. And here's another big story of the time here. In the latter half of 1987, Billy Jack Haynes reportedly suffered a scare when he collapsed after a match on November 6th in the Nassau Coliseum. Now, the diagnosis at that time was apparently, quote-unquote, potassium deficiency 
and dehydration. Now, Haynes didn't miss any matches, but he had to be carried by Kim Patera in their tag matches over that weekend. And I'm sure Billy Jack is now loading up on those bananas. Sure, bananas, pal. But the story doesn't end there. As reported in The Observer around this time, Billy Jack Haynes had more physical problems as his heart began beating irregularly on a flight recently and the plane had to land and he missed some shows coming up here, four shows, I do believe, in the upcoming dates here in November. Now, he's uh, diagnosed at that time as having an arrhythmia of the heart, or so the story goes. Now, since that time, Haynes himself has admitted it was an overdose on drugs, maybe pills. I don't really recall. I haven't listened to the shoots in quite a while. But Billy Jack does say that his heart actually stopped beating on the plane, and it was Dino Bravo who saved his life. Haynes also credited Brady Boone for helping out in that situation. Now, the flight was forced to land, and Billy Jack was taken to a hospital in critical condition. But as you guys all know, he lived to tell the story. Spoiler, guys. This is all the beginning of the end for the run of Billy Jack Haynes here in the WWF. He's going to finish up in just a couple months, somewhere around January of 1988. But it's been slow going for Haynes since WrestleMania three. Seemed like a big buildup, a Hercules Haynes feud, but they didn't really follow up on TV. They continued to do the matches and the house shows, some chain matches. Sounded fun. And then somewhere around the summer, Billy Jack regulated to six man tag team matches with the likes of Hillbilly Jim and the gang. Really hasn't done much of anything. And with a physique like that, you really got to be screwy to not get a push up in New York. So clearly there were some questionable things going on with Haynes. You'd have to think all throughout this time period. And these recent issues, these health scares, certainly a liability, and you can't really blame the company. As we go on, more news here. Based on TV tapings that took place prior to the Survivor Series pay-per-view, I guess it looks like Lush's Johnny V is also history as a manager here in the WWF because tapings would suggest that the Dream Team will go their separate ways after the pay-per-view. That's right, guys. The TV tapings prior to Survivor Series would suggest that Greg Valentine going to go back to former manager Jimmy Hart, while Dino Bravo will be paired with a brand new manager, Frenchie Martin. Of course, Frenchie's been here quite a while doing the preliminary matches on the undercards of these house shows. Martin, a longtime veteran of the ring, going to get moved over to that managerial spot alongside Dino Bravo. It's also reported around this time that Sergeant Slaughter is trying to get back with the WWF after his Hasbro contract has recently expired. But apparently there's no interest, at least for a couple years, Sarge. So maybe the AWA it shall be. But for now, Slaughter picked a bad time to try and get back into the company because business is booming right now and they just simply don't need him. And if you guys recall... The month of October, I reported Randy Colley, the former Moondog Rex, the former first incarnation of Smash, of Demolition. He went on to become one half of the Shadows with Jose Luis Rivera. Well, Randy Colley gone from the company, but Jose Luis has been repackaged under yet another mask, his third of the year. First, he was the Red Demon, then he became a Shadow, and this time, Rivera will team with Jose Estrada as... The Conquistadors. The gimmick will debut November 14th on the house shows. There are also rumors of an upcoming feud between the Islanders, Haku and Tama, 
and the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, with Matilda playing a big part in that story. I mean, what could they possibly do to Matilda? Dognapper? <laughs> and according to the melts, Ted DiBiase and Hulk Hogan's matches here just aren't drawing as much as they should be. But remember, guys, the angle is coming. And get ready, guys, the Slammy Awards coming in the month of December. The 37th annual WWF Slammy Awards coming here in December 1987. To quote Booker T, it's going to be good. Can't wait for that. Lots of fun stuff throughout the Slammy Awards. As we roll on with the show, that's it this week for November news. Not a lot of big news in the month of November as we head into the next pay-per-view. But some important little tidbits there. A few names leaving the company. As we roll on with the show, going to head into November results. And before we begin this part of the show, just a reminder, guys, you guys can head over to thehistoryofwwe.com. Thanks to the likes of Graham Cawthon and more recently Richard Land, who keep up to date on that site. Now, I have personally been collecting results for the past 35 years, but these guys put it all together on their website here for the WWF. It's thehistoryofwwe.com. Head over to the show results and go to 1987, and here you guys can scroll along with me. Now, I may not discuss every house show, especially the ones that don't have a lot of results involved, but I do touch on the majority here. And using that site is your best way to scroll along with me so that you guys, the listeners, can kind of get a visual of what I'm about to discuss. As we get rolling with the month of November, going to look at a lot of results and a whole bunch of sound bites as well, guys. Got them queued up and ready to go. And we kick it all off with the WWF in Portland, Maine at the Civic Center November the 1st in front of 8,686 fans. Going to see Leaping Lanny Poffo over Jose Estrada, Frenchie Martin. Defeating C.V. Afi, it's Jake the Snake Roberts pinning the Wild Samoan Sika. British Bulldogs back in action over the new team of the Bolsheviks. Didn't take long for those guys to take an L. Also on the card, Hacksaw Jim Duggan battling King Harley Race to a double countout. It's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff over Rick Rude on a disqualification. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the one-man gang. As up next, we're off to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And the Maple Leaf Gardens also November the 1st, televised locally and matches also on Primetime Wrestling. Going to feature Gorilla Monsoon and Nick Bockwinkle on commentary here. It's Frenchie Martin over Lanny Poffo, Jake the Snake again, pinning Sika. The new Dream Team, Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine scoring a win over the Young Stallions. Jeez, guys, if you're splitting up, you think you can give the Stallions a win here. But no, instead, it is the new Dream Team going over on Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma also on the card. The British Bulldogs defeating the Bolsheviks. Ladies champion, the sensational Sherry over Debbie Combs. King Harley Race pinning the Junkyard Dog. WrestleMania 3 rematch there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Cowboy Bob Orton. Orton subbing for the injured Ted DiBiase at this point. And in the main event of the night, it's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating Ravishing Rick Rude inside a steel cage. Orndorff escaping over the top of the cage. But we're still not done with November the 1st, WWF everywhere at the beginning of November. A matinee show, the WWF in Springfield, Illinois at the Prairie Capital Convention Center. And they're also going to run this card later in the day in Chicago, Illinois. So from Springfield to Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon, also November the 1st, in front of 6,025 fans. Now the cards differ just a little bit. We'll get into those matches later. 
Pretty stacked cards here. Lots of matches. Going to see Iron Mike Sharp over Jerry Allen. Dan Spivey down Scott Casey. It's Outlaw Ron Bass over Special Delivery Jones. Killer Khan defeating George the Animal Steel on a countout. Natural Butch Reed pinning Superstar Graham with his feet on the ropes. It's Bam Bam Bigelow over King Kong Bundy. Strike Force defeating the Islanders. Now, it is important to note that Strike Force going to win those WWF Tag Team titles around this time, but it's not announced on TV yet, so it doesn't really count. In the main event, both of these shows, Springfield and Chicago, it's IC champion Honky Tonk Man defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage by disqualification. Savage decking the referee at both events. Now, here's where the two shows differ. We get a different match up here in Springfield on the undercard, the preliminaries. Going to see Billy Jack Haynes pin Dangerous Danny Davis. Meanwhile, over in Chicago, it's the one-man gang pinning Billy Jack Haynes. Also on that Chicago card, jumping Jim Brunzel over Dangerous Danny Davis on a disqualification. So a couple extra names play in there at Chicago. Going to load it up just a little more. As we head off November 2nd, Battle Creek, Michigan at the Kellogg Center. In front of 1,700 fans, it's Jose Estrada over Lanny Poffo. The Bolsheviks scoring a win over the Young Stallions. Junkyard Dog beating outlaw Ron Bass. Ladies champion Sherry once again over Debbie Combs. It's Jake the Snake Roberts pinning Killer Khan. Would like to see that one. Also, Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes team up to defeat the new dream team of Valentine and Bravo. And in the main event here on this C-Town show, it's the natural Butch Reed defeating superstar Billy Graham yet again. As we continue on, November the 3rd now, Tucson, Arizona at the Community Center. Now, we don't have results for this entire card, but but they shake it up a little bit here. Kind of interesting here in Tucson. On the undercard, Don Morocco slated to take on Sika, George Steele, and Danny Davis. Then in singles action, it's Brett Hitman Hart defeating Davy Boy Smith on a countout. Dynamite Kid also wrestling Jim Neidhart on this show. No results. Sorry, guys. The one-man gang pins Coco Beware with the big 747. And in some fun tag team action, Ravishing Rick Rude going to team with the King Harley Race, scoring a win over Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Mr. Wonderful, it was Rude pinning Orndorff using the ropes for leverage there. Now that show also included a bunkhouse brawl, bunkhouse battle royal to close out the night in Tucson. As we move on to November the 4th, Halifax, Nova Scotia at the Forum in front of 6,000. It's Lanny Poffo over Jose Estrada. Ladies champion Sherry again defeating Debbie Combs. JYD over the outlaw Ron Bass on a DQ. It's the Bolsheviks over the Young Stallions. So we kind of see where this pecking order is now for the Stallions, which makes what happens at Survivor Series all the more confusing, at least for me. Also on the card here in Halifax, it was Beefcake taking on Hercules. And then from there, we got more results of Jake the Snake Roberts once again pinning Killer Khan. It's Haynes and Patera over the new Dream Team. And superstar Billy Graham finally gets another win over the natural Butch Reed inside a steel cage. Then from there, November the 5th, New Haven, Connecticut at the Coliseum. 2,100 fans going to see the sensational Sherry successfully defend her title against Debbie Combs. It's Jim Dixon pinning Special Delivery Jones. Not familiar with a Jim Dixon or why he would score a win here, for that matter. Have to look more into that. Also on the card, the Bolsheviks over the Young Stallions, the new Dream Team, defeating the team of the Junkyard Dog and Superstar Billy Graham. It's Valentine scoring a win over the Superstar. Wow. But it doesn't end there. The action continues. It's Kim Patera defeating Killer Khan on a countout after Billy Jack Haynes comes ringside blasting Khan with a chair. Speaking of Billy Jack Haynes, he too on the card battling the outlaw Ron Bass to a time limit draw. 
And then it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake pinning the mighty Hercules. Bam Bam Bigelow defeating the natural Butch Reed. Slick accidentally nailing his own man, causing Reed the loss post-match. It was Reed coming after his own manager, the Doctor of Style, but Slickster going to dig into his pockets and pay the natural off, kind of calm him down. And then the main event here in New Haven, it's the Honky Tonk Man over Jake the Snake Roberts on a countout with Jimmy Hart suspended above the ring in his shark cage for that one. Oh, I see some sound bites coming, guys, as we head off November 6th, the Sam Houston Coliseum, Houston, Texas. It's Bruce Pritchard, Mike McGurk, and the Duke of Dorchester. Pete Doherty on commentary here. Going to see Dan Spivey defeat Sam Houston with that reverse neckbreaker, the future rude awakening. It's Scott Casey pinning Barry Horowitz with a bulldog. Natural Butch Reed continuing his winning ways over superstar Billy Graham with those feet on the ropes. Then from there, the Hart Foundation, former WWF Tag Team Champions, defeating the British Bulldogs. Also on the card, the Rock Don Morocco pinning the Wild Samoan Sika, and then ravishing Rick Rude, scoring a win over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. When Mr. Wonderful climbed to the top rope, it was manager Bobby Heenan who pushed him off, causing Orndorff to crotch himself across that top rope and Rude securing the win. Now, needless to say, Mr. Wonderful wasn't happy with the outcome as he stands by with Bruce Pritchard to issue a special challenge. Ladies and gentlemen, a despicable act you've just seen in the ring, ravishing Rick Rude along with his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Paul, I've got to say, I feel that you would have had Rick Rude if it wasn't for the outside interference of the Brain Bobby Heenan. You know, it's all over and done with. The only thing that I want is justice. Justice, I'm asking the WWE to bar Bobby Heenan the next time I meet Rick Rude here. And I'm asking for a match right now. I'll sign that contract right now to have Rick Rude here the next time. I want Bobby Heenan barred. Those people out there want Bobby Heenan barred. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something, Rick Rude. You didn't beat me, buddy. You way you beat me. Bobby Heenan was the cause of it, and the next time, if you're any kind of a man, you'll put your name to that contract, and you and I will get down to business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, certainly it was the interference of Bobby the Brain Heenan. You clearly defeated Rick Rude in the pose down before the match, and I, like I said before... Yeah, well, I want to tell you something too, Rick Rude. The next time we come here, if you're mad enough, we're going to get down in the mud, in the bud, in the beer, the way the Texas people fight. Well, ladies and gentlemen, certainly Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff very upset, and I am sure after the officials of the World Wrestling Federation take a look at that match, we may very well see a rematch with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Rick Rude without Bobby Heenan. And there it is, Orndorff laying the challenge out. He can get the job done. He can defeat Ravishing Rick Rude, and he knows it. But next time, let's keep the weasels, or one particular weasel anyway, away from ringside. How will Rick Root and his manager Bobby Heenan take this challenge? Well, you don't have to wait long to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have heard from Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and in a match earlier on, it was blatant outside interference by you, Bobby Heenan, that caused Paul Orndorff the match, and he has asked 
for a rematch with this man right here with one condition, that you be barred from the building. First of all, you can talk about all the interference you want to talk about. It goes down in the record books. This man won the match. The referee saw him on top of Orndorff, one, two, three. And for a guy like Orndorff to make demands that he wants this man in a match, he wants him back here. He wants me barred from the building. Well, let me tell him something. I don't have to be in any building for this man to beat Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I can be 10 states away. He can beat Mr. Wonderful. I can be in a different country. So basically what you're saying is that you would agree to a match one-on-one -on -one, ravishing Rick Rude against Paul Orndorff and you won't be in the building. It doesn't matter if I'm in the building or not. I don't have to be there. We're concerning ourselves with the one thing we want in life. Are you agreeing to a match? I'm talking right now. Yeah, 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 okay. Hulk Hogan is what we're talking about. Hulk Hogan is our objective, not Paul Orndorff. We've already beaten this punk. The question Talk is, Bobby Heenan, and Rick Rude, are you willing to meet Paul Orndorff one-on-one -on -one without your manager in the building? That's right. I have met Paul Orndorff one-on-one, -on -one, and I have beaten you, Paul Orndorff, one-on-one, -on -one, right here on national television. One, two, three. This man is my manager. He belongs by my side. But I don't need this man to win a match. You better believe that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it certainly sounds like the challenge has been answered, and I'm sure after the WW officials take a look at the match and see the outside interference that that match can be signed. Well, first of all, you saw the way the people took their response to this man. You people showed your intelligence and how much class you have. If you want to back Orndorff, go ahead and back a loser. Back the Rockets. Back the uh, Oilers, back whoever you want. You want to back a winner, you back this man. You don't need me in or out of a building to beat anybody at any given time. This is ravishing Rick Rude. Get that straight. Ravishing Rick Rude. Orndorff knows who he is, and pretty soon everybody's going to know who this man is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the World Wrestling Federation officials will certainly do whatever it takes to sign the match one-on-one, -on -one, the ravishing Rick Rude battling Paul Orndorff, and Bobby Heenan has stated it right here. He can do it without Bobby Heenan in the building. I don't even have to be in the neighborhood. We'll be right back. So there it is. Rick Rude has Bobby Heenan as a manager, but he doesn't need Bobby Heenan to win his matches. Rick Root agreeing to take on Paul Orndorff in a rematch, this time Bobby Heenan banned from ringside. As the action goes on in Houston, it's the ultimate warrior, defeating Crippler Rip Oliver after a big gorilla press slam. Then from there, Hacksaw Jim Duggan pinning the King Harley Race. Kind of a comical finish. We've seen some guys do this and, well, let's just say it doesn't work out too well most of the time. Harley Race grabbing Jim Duggan's 2 by 4 trying to drive it down into the head of Hacksaw, but Duggan out of the way. The board hitting the top rope and bouncing back into the King's head instead. Down goes Harley. Is Jim Duggan going to pick up the win there? Got to give it to Harley Race for the bump here. But this night of action just won't end up next. It's the new WWF Tag Team Champions, Strike Force. Rick Martell and Tito Santana scoring a win over their rivals, the Islanders. So Strike Force going to successfully retain their belts here in Houston but the former champions are hot on their heels. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been joined on the platform by former WWE World Tag Team Champions, Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Brett Hitman Hart.
Hart, the Hart Foundation, and Jimmy Hart, you have asked for a match with Strike Force. That's right, baby. We're challenging the Strike Force right now because you know, I know, and all the people around the world know this is the greatest tag team in the world today, baby. The Hart Foundation. We were ripped off. We were robbed. There is no way Jim the Anvil Nightheart would give up on a Boston crowd. I, there has been a tremendous injustice here in the WWE. This little skinny referee in Syracuse, New York, said that I, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, I gave up on a submission hold. I gave up on the Boston Crab. When in actuality, the truth of the matter is, I didn't say one little beep. Can you believe an athlete of my caliber would submit to a little skinny French Canadian like Rick Martel? Can you believe it? And you think I'm mad? Hey, shut up. You think I'm mad? You ought to talk to this guy. I, I'm not mad anymore. I've got over it a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm just very, very disappointed because I think it's a disgrace. I think it's a disgrace that they actually try to make the whole world believe that the Anvil, the strongest man in professional wrestling, gave up from a Boston Crab. Come on! It's ridiculous. Come on! And come December the 11th, we're going to settle this thing. We are going to finish this thing, and we're going to see who submits to what. If they give us a chance, baby, that's all we're asking for is we want a title shot. Like I said before, Strike Force, you can have the music and you can wear the matching boots and the matching tights and the matching t-shirts, but it still don't make you world tag team champions, baby. The former champions, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure that when Strike Force hears the challenge, they will be more than happy to accept. It's in the contract that they you haven't got the guts. The former got the guts to accept that challenge. The former tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, Jim the Animal Nightheart, Brett Hinman Hart, along with their manager of the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. There it is, the former champs, the Hart Foundation, issuing a challenge. They want their rematch against Strike Force. And here's what Tito and Rick Martell have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me up here on the platform, the new WWE. World Tag Team Champions, Strike Force. Now, earlier on, we had the Hart Foundation, the former champions up here, and they have issued a challenge claiming that it was a fluke that you beat them on national TV. Well, I'll tell you what, right now, right now the Hart Foundation, they're very upset, and they better get used to being upset because those belts are staying around the Strike Force waist, I guarantee you, and you know, we never ran away from people before. And I'll tell you what, now that we're champions, we're not gonna start now. So our foundation, you wanna, you wanna rematch, you wanna, you know, a chance to get those butts back. Well, you got it, right, Tito? They got it any time. Well, Tito, certainly, like I said before, it certainly wasn't any fluke. Jim Neidhart gave up right square in the middle of the ring, and you guys are the champs. Well, there's no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt in any wrestling fan's mind that saw it. It's a fluke, the Hart Foundation says. Well, we are accepting your challenge, and I guess we're going to have to do it all over again, Hart Foundation. Prove to you and to everyone that's watching that the Strike Force is number one, baby. Le garantizo toda la raza que me está escuchando. Esto no fue... Fue cosa de verdad, los campeones aquí, los mundiales, yo y mi compañero aquí, Strike Force, baby. The new WWE World Tag Team Champions, Strike Force, and they have accepted.
accepted the challenge of the Hart Foundation. Was there ever any doubt they're going to be fighting champion Strikeforce welcoming a rematch from the Hart Foundation? Those could be some good ones, guys. Looking forward to those should they go down. As we continue on here at the Sam Houston Coliseum, Coco Beware pinning dangerous Danny Davis. So much for that push. And the WWF Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man once again defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage on a disqualification. Savage decking referee Joey Morella here. Macho Man always professing to be OCD. One cool dude. But not so much tonight. Jimmy Hart, Hockey Talk Man. Lots of cheating shenanigans. The megaphone involved. Finally, Savage gets his hand on the megaphone, but Joey Morella sees that, snatches it away, Savage has had enough, and just decks the referee, giving the Honky Tonk Man the DQ win. As we close out the show here in Houston, it's Ravishing Rick Rude winning a bunkhouse battle royal. So two wins tonight for the Ravishing One. As we roll on to Long Island, New York in the Nassau Coliseum, November the 6th in front of 15,275 fans. A sellout crowd here. At the Nassau Coliseum, going to see Frenchie Martin over S.D. Jones, the Bolsheviks. Defeating the Young Stallions, it's Jake Roberts battling Dino Bravo to a draw. No thanks. Greg the Hammer Valentine over Ivan Putsky with the figure four leg lock. Then from there, Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Hercules with the sleeper hold. It's also reported that Beefer got a hold of Herc's hair, maybe cut a couple locks off the mighty Hercules. Well, he's Hercules, not Samson, so shouldn't really affect him a whole lot. Then from there, Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera defeating the team of Axe and Smash Demolition. Bam Bam Bigelow over Killer Khan. It's Virgil subbing for the injured million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Virgil in the ring. Take note, guys. He is accompanied to the ring by Ted DiBiase, however, and it is Virgil scoring the win over the Junkyard Dog after interference from the million-dollar man and his crutch at ringside. And to close out the show, 15,000 fans, there can only be one thing. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan in town, and we see the one-man gang defeat the Hulkster on a disqualification. So maybe planning to bring that match back here to Long Island. As we move on, November the 7th, Cape Girardeau, Missouri at the Show Me Center. Matinee show sees Sam Houston over Crippler Rip Oliver. Bob Orton downing Scott Casey, Battle of the Cowboys. Hey, how about that? The Ultimate Warrior defeating Barry Horowitz, Rock Don Morocco over Sika on a countout. It's the natural Butch Reed over superstar Billy Graham, also reportedly a countout. Then from there, the Hart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs. Hacksaw Jim Duggan battling the King Harley Race to a double countout. It's Coco Beware over Danny Davis. And in the main event of the night, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating Ravishing Rick Rude. Also, November the 7th, St. Louis, Missouri, the Keel Auditorium. Scott Casey over Barry Horowitz. Cowboy Bob Orton battling Sam Houston to a draw. Natural Butch Reed once again pinning Superstar Graham. It's the Ultimate Warrior over Crippler Rip Oliver. WWF Champion Hulk Hogan on the card pinning the one-man gang. And then from there, six-man tag team action. Hart Foundation and Dangerous Danny Davis taking on the trio of the British Bulldogs and the Birdman Coco Beware. The heels going over in that one. King Harley Race battling Jim Duggan to a double countout. And the main event of the night, Ravishing Rick Rude accompanied to the ring by Andre the Giant. It's Rick Rude pinning Mr. Wonderful after interference from Andre. And then we get a special encounter for these 4,400 fans out here in St. Louis. Following the Rick Rude-Orndorff matchup, Andre ringside costing Mr. Wonderful that match. 
the WWF champion Hulk Hogan returning to ringside, having a stare down, a confrontation with Andre the Giant to set up their upcoming match December the 12th. And for those who love the sound bites, the promos from back in the day, boy, I got a lot of them lined up for you here for this next show here at the Boston Garden, November the 7th, 10,000 fans out for this matinee show televised on the New England Sports Network. Going to include Gorilla Monsoon, Nick Bockwinkle, and Pete Doherty on commentary for this one. And on the show, it's Dino Bravo still with Johnny V. It's Bravo scoring a win over Brady Boone, the Bolsheviks defeating the Young Stallions, and then up next, one-on-one. Boy, this has been a long time coming, at least since WrestleMania three. Brutus Beefcake prepares for an upcoming match against former partner Greg the Hammer Valentine. Right now, we're going to hear from the barber, even got a bonus promo from Strikeforce, who will be competing here later tonight. All right, Boston and fans throughout New England, World Wrestling Federation with a special family afternoon. We're going to be in the Boston Garden Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. start from Edis Card. The Honky Talk Band here on November 7th at 2 in the afternoon to defend the Intercontinental title against an angered and bitter macho man Randy Savage. More about that. In a return bout tag team action, strike force to meet the Islanders. I have been informed two referees will officiate that match. Junkyard Dog, by the way, going against Ted DiBiase. Come on in, if you would. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, one-time tag team champion of the world. You're now going on alone and doing very well, I might add. Ironically enough, here on November the 7th, a Saturday afternoon at 2 in the Boston Garden, you're going to be meeting your former tag team partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Well, Gene, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for the barber. It's all going to come down to the Boston Gardens, brother. And I couldn't be happy for the barber, baby. It's coming home to Boston, man. And it's going to get the job done. You know, Greg the Hammer and the new dream team, Dino Bravo, this keep coming and keep coming. But I'm still standing tall, Hammer. I'm still here. Come and break my legs if you can. They try to sell you out, Johnny V. Of course, Greg the Hammer Valentine. They tried to sell you down the sewer. Well, you know, you've probably seen Johnny V's new hairstyle. Yeah. You thought I couldn't beat the last one, huh? <laughs> well, I did it, Johnny V. I went top to topper, baby. I gave you one you won't ever forget. You know, I could appreciate it, too, because, Brutus, I think it's public knowledge you do my hair. Oh, you do very well, I might add. Please, it's time for a trim. Boston Garden on Sunday afternoon. Make that Saturday afternoon, November the 7th. All right, get ready next Saturday afternoon. We're going to be back at the Boston Garden next Saturday afternoon. The home of the Bruins, the home of the Celtics, 2 p.m. start. Do get your tickets in advance. We've got a week's time, November the 7th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. An afternoon family presentation from the World Wrestling Federation. Honky Tonk Man. Yes, he is the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champ. And yes, he will be defending against the very angry and bitter Macho Man Randy Savage. That big explosion taking place on Saturday night's main event. I've never, ever seen a champion who had to hit a lady. Gentlemen, come on in. Rick Martell, Tito Santana, Strike Force, best, uh, best here in, the, in tag team action. You've got the Islanders. I understand now, Tito, the word I get, two referees will officiate this match, and I think they're going to need two referees. Well, there's no doubt that we're going to need two referees. You know, the Weasel and the Islanders, they don't understand why they're being forced into a match with two referees. The weasel says, we don't need two referees to beat the, the, the strike force. Well, let me tell you something, weasel and Islanders. Here in Boston, we're going to find out just exactly what the Islanders are made out of because they're going to be forced to step into the ring and fight us. Everything will be seen, my man. 
All right, we're going to find out if the Islanders have feet of clay, so to speak. Rick Martell. That's right. And you know, Gene, you know, they're going around saying that they're not happy there's two referees. And we know why, because they won't be able to cheat. But there should be happy there's two referees, because what they put us through, and the people of Boston, they know what the Islanders have put strife for us through. They should be happy there's two referees to hold us back. And you'll see what we're talking about right here. All right, yes, the afternoon. I thank you a little later on. Hopefully I can get a hold of Bobby Heen and get the other side of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Come on in. The rest of the story, I think that's his line. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, you're actually going to be getting into the ring with Greg the Hammer Valentine. And to think the two of you at one time were the tag team champions of the world. It says it right there, the Baba. The Baba, that's right, Gene. It's been quite a while since I've been back to my favorite town, Boston. And it's been a long time coming for me and Greg the Hammer to step into the ring eye to eye, face to face and finish this thing once and for all that we got started a long time ago back in Wrestlemania 3 you know, I couldn't be happier about it I've done everything to that luscious Johnny V but rip his head right off so the last thing to do is go ahead and take care of you Mr. Valentine take care of your dream team once and for all do you have a license by the way Brutus? A license, Gene, I am licensed to trim, cut, and strut anywhere in the world as long as it's in the ring. Well, I wasn't asking specifically about a barbering license, but apparently you do taking care of the paperwork. I thank you. Brutus Beefcake will see you here next Saturday afternoon. Come on in, Bobby Heenan. You heard what Strike Force had to say. Two referees to officiate the match. What are you, what are you looking around? Well, you never know who's going to jump you. You never know who's going to come up and blindside you. If anybody would know about about somebody jumping somebody. We saw it right here in front of a national television audience. Wasn't that disgraceful? That was disgraceful the way Tito Santana jumped up and threw the first punch against the Islanders. What were they doing down at his They broadcast? went to have a conversation. That's not the time to converse with Maybe Tito. Maybe you don't understand. He's on the air. Maybe you don't understand something. He's out of air. You see, you're dealing with the Islanders. You're dealing with the Bobby Heenan family. We can do whatever we want. You want two referees? Fine. You're going to need two referees. You're going to need also four paramedics. Two to carry each stretcher. All right, I thank you quickly. Haku, you're not going to have an opportunity to Pearl Harbor strike force. We, two referees. We don't do Pearl Harbor. We don't jump on their back. We do things fair square. And what they're talking about? I'm we sorry. proved to the people Gentlemen, right last time we were there. One, I'm two, sorry. three. We are out of time next Saturday afternoon at 2 in the Boston Garden. I'm sorry about the time. All right, the barber's sounding confident coming into this one as he should be. It's Brutus Beefcake pinning. His former partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine, match goes about 10 minutes. Valentine landing that bridging back suplex, but Beefcake getting his shoulder up just in the nick of time and scoring the win. But we're not done yet. Lots of great action still to come. Up next, going to see Bam Bam Bigelow. He's slated to take on Killer Khan. And right now, we're going to hear from both sides. Bam Bam Bigelow standing by with manager Oliver Humperdink and Killer Khan with Mr. Fuji. All right, Boston Garden, Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m., 2 in the afternoon. A little afternoon delight. We've got a matinee coming up. What a card. Honky Talk Man, the reigning intercontinental heavyweight champ, I'm certain, is going to have his hands full with Macho Madness. The Macho Man, angered, bitter after Saturday night's main event. What happened to Elizabeth? Savage again could become the intercontinental champ of the town where he won it the first time up. In a return bout with two referees, it's going to be strike force beating the Islanders. Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, going to have Virgil in his corner. DiBiase meeting the junkyard dog. Come on in, Oliver Humperdinck. Welcome back to the Boston area. I know you've got fans in this area. I've got a good friend of mine down in 
down in Cape Cod that looks forward to seeing you, my good friend Joe Kusick. Now, hey, Joe. Bam Bam going against Killer Khan. Your thoughts here on Saturday afternoon, November the 2nd at 2. The thoughts are, Gene, that it's probably the most dangerous individual to come out of the Orient, Killer Khan. He's a giant of a man, a dangerous man, an evil man. And he's got that Mongolian mist, that's mist that he sprays into people's faces. Worse than that, he's got Mr. Fuji as a manager. Exactly right, and you can't get any more devious than Mr. Fuji, but I'll tell you one thing. My life so far hasn't been no better roses either, Mr. Fuji. So if you want to try a little something, I'll be there to try it with you. But what I'm going to bring to Boston for Killer Khan is a man that's coming in right now. Whoa. Bam Bam Bigelow, and brother, if there's anybody that can handle this big Mongolian, this man can. Well, I'll tell you what, he's got uh, fans in Boston buzzing, I don't mind telling you. Bam Bam Killer Khan, the, the big former sumo wrestler, managed by Mr. Fuji. Well, you know, it's about time Bam Bam started ending some careers. And Khan, you're gone. Khan, you're gone. How about that? Thank you, Oliver Humperdinck. Bam Bam Bigelow meets Killer Khan at the Boston Garden. Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. start. Don't miss it. Rilla Monsoon here in the catacombs of the Boston Garden with two striking individuals. Two individuals who have literally their work cut out for them here in the Boston Garden as you face the new, the different, the exciting, the powerful, the dangerous Bam Bam Bigelow. Very true, Bam Bam. But first, but I want you to look at this man, Killer Khan. Big, strong, former sumo wrestler, former grand champion. You, Bam Bam. You big man, I miss. Very big. Oh, tattoo on head, tattoo on body. What is this? You think that's funny? Have you looked in the mirror lately? What is that you got on your face? <laughs> this is the devil of the dark side of the world. And my mind communicate with this man's mind. When I say for him to do something, he obeys. Let me hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Ah, uh, bam, bam. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Superstars here in the World Wrestling Federation, the biggest challenge to date for his career against Killer Khan. We'll be back. Roman soon once again in the interview area here in the Boston Gardens. As strange as it may seem, it's uh, sort of the catacombs with Oliver Humperdinck, manager extraordinaire, along with his bind, Bam Bam Bigelow. And Oliver, hats off to you. 1987, you pulled two big upsets. You took Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff away from the weasel, and uh, you got this man's services when everybody else wanted him. And, uh, Congratulations. Thank you for that, Gorilla Monsoon. Thank you for the WWF and everybody out there for supporting us like they have. But today, the toughest test ever. I'm talking about Killer Khan, the man from the Orient, with that green mist. But this man right here, Bam Bam Bigelow, he's big enough to take care of him. Well, uh, Mr. Fuji made a remark. He called Bam Bam Bigelow a gangster. Well, if anybody should know about thugs, it should be Mr. Fuji. Certainly should. I, I, I assume, Bam Bam, that you have some kind of game plan against this monstrous individual from Mongolia and something, some way to stop that green sputum. Well, uh, I, some way to stop it, I don't know, but, you know, I'm just going to use my speed, agility, a lot of strength, and uh, I think I'm just going to have to crush him like a grape. 
Squash him like a grape. That, uh, those are words that bring back uh, memories for me. I don't want Fuji to know something, too. If he's going to be out there, no messing around, Fuji, because I'm going to have one eyeball right on you, pal. Well, the devious one with the cane, Mr. Fuji, will have to look out for Oliver Humperdinck with the scepter. Plenty of action coming up right here in Beantown. Don't go away. We'll be right back. All right, and there you have it. We hear from both sides. Let's see what happens here. It is indeed Bam Bam Bigelow scoring the pinfall win over Killer Khan. Fun spot here. Killer Khan tries to spray his green mist into the eyes of Bam Bam Bigelow. But the Bammer, he blocks the mist. It doesn't connect. And Khan doesn't know what to do. Bigelow then busting out a standing dropkick on the stunned Khan before leveling him with a big splash. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring the pin over the giant Mongolian. Oh, and here's a fun one. Up next on the card, it's going to be IC champion Honky Tonk Man battling the former champion many months ago. Talk about the macho man Randy Savage. Let's hear multiple promos from both men. All right, Boston, get ready. Coming up at the Garden Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. Start a phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. Macho man Randy Savage, angry, bitter, yes, and I don't blame you, one iota. You're going to be facing the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title. In the town where you won the title, a number of time not to plan the future. Don't buy any unripe bananas. Yeah, this is the time that it happens. Yeah, I was a bit open the eyes of the macho man Randy Savage, and one half of the mega powers is going to be on you. Tap dancing on what? your head. Why don't you tell them what you told me just before we went on the air to conduct this interview? Absolutely. Do you want me? Yeah, go ahead. Give it a shot. All right, this man, Randy Savage, told me to tell the honky-tonk man not to buy any winter clothes. I don't know what that means. It means don't plan your future because it's not too bright. Yeah, 2 o'clock in the afternoon in the Boston Garden. Afternoon delight for the macho man, Randy Savage. Boston yeah. Garden, Saturday, November the 7th at 2 p.m. Don't you dare miss it. All right, Boston Garden, Saturday afternoon, November the 7th. It's going to be extra special. Polish power. Ivan Putsky back to meet Hercules from the Bobby Heenan family. After Saturday night... Before you get started, I just want to say, my fans, my people in Boston, I don't appreciate you making fun of the way they talk. You said Baba. Yeah, that's it. You said Baba. We can't help it if they say park the car. But you don't have to say that. You don't have to say Baba. Let the honky-tonk man say what he wants to about his fans, but you don't do it. Don't insult my people. You know, I think you've got bigger problems than calling Brutus Beefcake the barber. You, you've got problems with Macho Man Randy Savage. You have really opened up a hornet's nest. I don't have any He is problems. a bitter and anger man. And how in the world can this man backhand a woman, Jimmy Easy, Hart? easy. If she gets to the ring, he don't have to this time. I'll send her to the hospital, and that's a promise, baby. Big man, 142 pounds. Big but man, he... big macho man with a taped up fist hit hitting first. Jimmy Hart. That's a big man. Yeah, really. You need it, that's Brad like Hart. some of them people running around the streets of Boston. They think they're big people. I'm walking the streets looking for a fight in Boston. I couldn't find one when I had Bruno there. All his Italian friends were on ringside. None of them would fight either. Macho man's not much of a fighter. He had to go get Hulk Hogan. He had to send his woman. His woman had to come there, stand in front of me and beg and plead for me not to play the song too loud. That's what it was all about. She was just in there. You were going to hit the macho man with that no, guitar. Sir. No, sir. I was going to play the hit for him. What, what did Elizabeth do? She got down on her knees. And she reached out and tried to touch me. Because I told you before, and I'll say it again, she wanted me. She wanted to touch me. She wanted to touch the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. I love tapped her right out of the way. And I stepped up and I gave Macho Man what he needed. I gave him what my fans wanted me to give him. I gave him this right here. 
and I'm going to give it to him again. Saturday afternoon show, the first time ever in the Boston Garden. All of my fans will be there. They'll bring the car, and they're going to park it. And they're going to watch the honky-tonk man do his thing. Macho man is over. He's finished. And don't make fun of my fans anymore the way they talk. I don't particularly care to have you making fun of them either. Thank you. Forget that. I will not thank them. Boston Garden, Saturday, November the 7th, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. All right, Boston Garden, get ready. Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 p.m. start. Colonel Jimmy Hart, come on in. It's going to be Macho Man Randy Savage. Going up against the reigning intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world. That guy's going to drive me nuts. He's with great. You know what? You're thing. jealous. He stinks. You're jealous, just like Savage is jealous. You know, let me tell you something, Macho Man. You're built on a bluff, baby, and we're going to prove it right there in Boston at 2 p.m., Daddy. Aren't we, oh, Honky? Honky talk. It smells uh, like I, I, roses. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure this is That's beautiful, the baby. right tune for you, Macho Man. On Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m., the first time in the history of Boston Guards, a honky-tonk man gets to come out in the daylight. I'm a nighttime person. I like to be out at night. But 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, is my time. That gives me a chance to get warmed up. And I just hope, I hope Elizabeth steps up there to save oh, him. To she, protect she's a nocturnal him. person, too, but she's going to be out in the afternoon. She wouldn't miss this one for the world. I thought I taught her a lesson. She wants to get pushed down again. <laughs> shoved aside, put in her place? Does she want to get hurt? That's the question. Because if she steps in front of you, macho man, she's going to get hurt this time real bad. I took it easy on her because I want to get you. You're the man I want to hear this song. I don't care if Elizabeth hears hey, it or hey. not. What? That's it. <laughs> don't even think about Don't even think about it. That big blast from the past. Hoodies at Boston, get ready. Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. Honky Talk to defend against the Macho Man, Randy Savage. All right, Boston Garden, Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. Start. Junkyard Dog to meet the Million Dollar Man. Brutus the Barber Beefcake goes against his former partner, now bitter enemy, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and Hercules pitted against Ivan Putsky and his Polish power here at the Boston Garden on November the 7th, Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock. A matinee, if Bang you will. Can bring everybody. Talking shootout. I'm talking OK Corral. How about World War III? Yeah, and then four and five. War of 1812 was nothing. Yeah, the Boston Garden. I remember it. Yeah, flare for dramatic and old flame from the past. Yeah, I'm talking. We were there together, Boston Garden. Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah. You, Larry Bird, you're inside me sometimes, aren't you? I'm dribbling down that aisle. Elizabeth will lead me down that aisle. We're going right to the squared circle. Taking you home, music man, honky-tonk. And this is the time, yeah. Because Saturday night's main event, I remember it, yeah. I remember it like it happened just now. I'm talking to you, honky-tonk man. You have no future in Boston, yeah. You got no future in this planet. I'm talking one half the mega powers is coming after you because I remember Elizabeth hitting the ground. And I remember you standing over her swiveling those hips, yeah. Well, those hips are going to be in a cast. And the guitar over the head, yeah, knocked me loopy, yeah. 
Loosey-goosey, I was. Now I'm loopy, yeah. I'm loopy, yeah. I'm loopy, yeah. And Boston seen me loopy before heaven to Boston, yeah. I'm talking one half of the mega powers is coming directly and specifically, yeah. For you, honky-tonk man. And I'm not taking no prisoners, no. I'm gonna leave you laying there, yeah. And next NBA playoffs, they'll still say, honky-tonk man was down here, yeah, and never revived. You know, I get the distinct feeling, it's quite clear to me, that that Intercontinental Championship belt, the one that you held pride for 14 months, it doesn't mean that much anymore. I'm going set the world record. I'm going to take that belt and swing it around 94 times and send it in the bleakers of the Boston Gardens and hope an 11-year-old kid wears it. Yeah, with more pride than you, honky-tonk man. Yeah, your history, your history after 2 o'clock, afternoon delight, gone. By the way, the entire family, mom, dad, the kids, grandpa and grandma, Auntie Blanche and Uncle Harry, Boston Garden, Saturday afternoon, November the 7th. Straight there. down there to your right. Back this way! All right, get ready next Saturday afternoon. We've got a 2 p.m. start in the Boston Garden. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen, throughout New England. Junkyard Dog to meet Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Colonel Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Boston. Honky Talk Man, your Intercontinental Champion, to be challenged next Saturday afternoon by Macho Man Randy Savage. Did you tell the people he was the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? If you didn't, you better, baby. Here he is. All right, let's bring him in from Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, catch. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I get carried away sometimes. I want to keep going. It sounds so good. I know everybody wants to hear it. And I want to play it for them. Especially my people around Boston because they like it. They know what the honky-tonk man's all about. They know the honky-tonk man parks his car outside. They know the honky-tonk man does everything the way they do it in Boston. They know the honky-tonk man is going to be the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time beyond a shot of a doubt after Saturday, November the 7th. Macho Man wants revenge. He wants to get a piece of your hide after what you did to Elizabeth and him on Saturday night. a lot night. of people looking for autographs from the honky-tonk man, too, but they're not getting them. Thank you. All right, get ready, Boston, next Saturday afternoon. We've got a 2 o'clock start at the Boston Garden. Don't miss I think Vince found out pretty quick what he had in the honky-tonk man character. Quite the promo. They always give him a little more time than most of the guys on the roster. And the Macho Man is simply the Macho Man. What else can you say? As we head to the ring, it is IC champion Honky Tonk Man, Jimmy Hart in his corner, defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage with the lovely Elizabeth. Honky going to score this win on a countout. Both men brawling on the floor, Savage blasting Honky in the back with a megaphone, causing the Honky Tonk Man to roll into the ring, and Savage not beating the count back inside. Honky Tonk Man somehow going to steal another one. And I told you guys I had a lot of promos here for this Boston show. Up next, we're going to hear from Axe and Smash Demolition. They're preparing for their match upcoming against Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera. Roll Monsoon once again at you here from the interview area of the Boston Garden with a very devastating team known as Demolition. The opposition for them right here in the Boston Gardens, a very formidable team, a former Olympian, Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes, you've raised a little ire, Axe. You know something? We're glad to be here because we're going to finally take care of business. Master Fuji's upset at us. He doesn't like what we did because we didn't complete the task. Ken Patera, Billy Jack Haynes, they're still in professional wrestling. It's our job. It's our duty. It's our destiny to put them out of professional wrestling. 
You did the job on the 225-pounder Brady Boone. There's no question about that. But you didn't get it done with Pater, did you? We did, because when we left the ring, all three of them were laying out. In fact, there was only one structure to get rid of them. And you said it just perfect. Devastation. The reason why we're here is because Master Fuji put us here. He's the one that trained us. He's the one that tells us to go up to the top of the ring and break bones. And that's what acts us, and that's what smashed us. We're here for one reason, and that's to destroy everybody. Is that why Mr. Fuji is not here right now? Mr. That? Fuji's studying tactics right now. It's not equal. It's not even. It's not going to be even ever, because Ken Patera has anchored down. And I test for demolition here in Beantown. The demos will get you, and we'll see what they do here. Looks like Demolition, Fuji in their corner, going to battle Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes to a double disqualification. Match going to go a little more than seven minutes. The finish going to see Patera tossing the referee while Demolition using Fuji's cane. Both teams disqualified, and Kenny Patera tossing a referee? I thought you were a changed man. Also on the card, the mighty Hercules pinning Polish power Ivan Putski after a big backbreaker. Got a couple more matches for you guys here in the Boston Garden. Up next, Million Dollar Man out of action with that injured knee. So Virgil, once again, going to take his place to take on the Junkyard Dog. And speaking of the JYD, he's standing by right now. All right, New England, get ready. If We're going to be in the Boston at the Garden. Boston Garden, Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m., November the 7th. It'll be turned Bob. Strike force to meet the Islanders. Two referees to officiate that one. Come on in, Junkyard Dog. Welcome back to Boston. Here in the Garden, Saturday afternoon, November the 7th. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, at his side, as always, will be Virgil. You know, he's saying he's worth a million dollars. I feel like a million dollars, and I know definitely I look like a million dollars. And once I enter to Boston, Massachusetts, Ted DiBiase, you and Virgil. Virgil. Never in my life for 34 years here on this heaven and beautiful earth that I heard my brother call Virgil. Virgil, now, Virgil maybe, but never Virgil. Hey, cross that track. I know you never get back. You go, Virgie or Virgil. Boy, I don't know what's going on, Teddy, but I remember you when you were so tight. You would shave the face right off a leak of penny, Daddy, and ask for the mustache to take home to make a soup out of. But now, all of a sudden, you big shot, giving away all that money. But don't come to Boston like a cabbage, all here to no real. And Virgil, <laughs> you need plenty of friends in Boston, brother. I do say do, because you can't come on my part of town, and if you step across that track too far, you'll never come back. All right, he is one of a kind. You gotta like him a lot. The Junkyard Dog, here to meet the Million Totter Man. On Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m. in the Boston Garden, of course. Ooh, love those promos from Junkyard Dog. What he may or may not be insinuating with Virgil and DiBiase doesn't help him here in the matchup, however. Is Virgil going to pin JYD with the assistance of Ted DiBiase in that crutch at ringside? Nevertheless, Virgil pinning the Junkyard Dog in just three minutes. And then in the final match of the night, it's WWF Tag Team Champion Strikeforce. They're scheduled to defend their titles against the Islanders. Right now, we're going to hear from both sides. Thank you, great fans here at Boston. We're going to be back at the Garden Saturday afternoon, November the 7th, 2 p.m., 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mark that down on your calendar. A phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. After what happened on Saturday night's main event, the Honky Tonk Man, the reigning Intercontinental Champ, 
to meet an angered, a bitter, macho man, Randy Savage, Savage Will. Be led down the aisle to the ring by his manager, the lovely Elizabeth. Thank goodness nothing serious happened to her. Bam Bam Bigelow meets Killer Khan on this great card on November the 7th at 2 in the afternoon. Beefcake and Valentine to meet Junkyard Dog. Squares off against the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, along with his sidekick. I call him Moneybags. Virgil carries around a lot of money. Ivan Putsky and Polish Power returning to the Boston Garden to meet Hercules. Bobby Heen and I talk about Hercules and other members of your family that are on this card, but the return has been signed. We've got to discuss it. Two out of three falls. Strike Force meeting your men, the Islanders. Did you inform the people it's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Of course I said that. Well, of course you did. I know you did, but this is Boston. Not many people own a watch. 2 o'clock. So Mickey's hand is this way and the other hand is this way. The foot, Get goes, it straight. The foot goes on too. Now, you know my foot's going to go? Oh. Right to Mr. Labamba. And I'm talking about Santana. And his good tag team partner, Lucky Pierre. The Rick Martel? Doesn't matter. Same thing. Big shiny teeth from Montreal comes down, he smiles, he likes the ladies, likes to talk nice. But he can't keep a partner, because they all bail out on him because he's the weak link of the team. Well, now you got a guy with a Spanish temper. you got La Bamba in there, Tito Santana. And you all saw what happened to Santana when he thought he could shoot his mouth off about the Islanders behind their back. Wait a minute. They, wait, wait a minute? They, they attacked him. No, no, they went out there to have a meeting with him to tell him to keep his That's mouth shut. That's not the time for a meeting during the middle of a broadcast. We make our own time. We can do whatever we want. And then Santana springs out of the chair and he throws that first punch. Well, he's got a temper. Fine, he's got a temper. Gentlemen, these two don't have a temper? Who do you think these guys are working for? Arthur Murray's to teach dance lessons? I don't know about they that. They got a temper, pal. All right, uh, they are Tom and Haku. Your thoughts on this match? Two out of three, four, no, I beg your pardon. Two referees. Two referees. Two referees. <laughs> <laughs> Min Jean, do we have to prove again to the people of Boston that we're going to beat again they're the strike force. We beat them already. And as simple as I said, we're going to beat them again. Why would they have two referees if there wasn't uh, all Two referees? They can bring ten referees. They can bring five of them because we'll beat them up too. <laughs> you know what's funny here? Why do they have two referees? Because they asked for it. They want somebody to save their hide. I'm going to tell you what you can do, La Bamba. You can go bring the Massachusetts National Guard. You can go to Canada, Martel. Bring down the Canadian hockey team. You can bring your mom and dad it's not going to save you Boston Garden get ready Saturday afternoon November the 7th 2 p.m. don't miss it I'll tell you what I've been talking to various folks around town and they are really buzzing about this this big card that's upcoming the fact that the macho man Randy Savage is going to be challenging the honky-tonk man for the intercontinental title and then if you take a look at what happened on Saturday night's main event the involvement of the lovely Elizabeth Honky-tonk, you were out of control, you were out of line. I'll go on record as saying that publicly. Bam Bam to meet Killer Khan as part of this great card. And here in town, from the World Wrestling Federation, two referees assigned. We need law and order people. Come on in, Rick Martell, Tito Santana. Two referees assigned duty for your tag team matchup, Tito, with the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Well, that's exactly right, Minjin. You know, the... The Islanders are saying, why do we have to step into the ring against the strike force when we don't beat them? The reason you have to step into the ring with two referees is because you can't beat nobody. The only time you're really great is when it's two against one. Two referees, Mean Gene, they will not be able to make those illegal switches that they've been getting away with. 
once and for all with two referees. Nothing will get away, and we will find out who the better team is. We're ready for this one, baby. Obviously, you're ready, and Rick Martell, you know what's happened between you and the Islanders in the past, and now you, Tito, and the Islanders. Yes, and now the Islanders are not happy about this match now because there's two referees, and you see, you won't be able to go out and cheat. But if I was you, Islanders, I'd be happy there's two referees to hold the strike force back because we're fed up with you. We're tired of those tactics. And you know what? We're going to come in, in that ring. We're going to strike with lightning force all over you. And now we're going to know who is the better team. And that team will be strike force. All right, so I'm excited. You've got to be too. Strike force and Islanders right here. Big car. Always good to hear one of those rare Islander promos standing by with Bobby Heenan. Of course, strike force, the brand new. WWF Tag Team Champions didn't really mention it there in their promo, promo recorded prior to that title win on TV, but they are the champions by this point as we see them defend their title successfully, defeating the Islanders. And special rules for this match would make Gorilla Monsoon proud. Two referees at ringside to make sure no shenanigans were going to go on. And remember, that was a matinee show, so the same troupe going to take off to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the Spectrum later the same day, November the 7th, 6,800 fans, very similar card to Boston in many ways, but some of the card has changed. Just take a listen. It's Dino Bravo over Brady Boone, the Bolsheviks defeating the Young Stallions. Bam Bam Bigelow, again pinning Killer Khan, blocking that miss, delivering the dropkick and hitting the splash. Same finish, but doesn't get old. Very fun stuff here by two big men. Also, the Mighty Hercules pinning the Junkyard Dog this time around. It's Tag Team Champion Strikeforce battling the Islanders here to a double disqualification. Also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake pinning Virgil with Ted DiBiase ringside. Now, post-match, DiBiase going to get a little heat back attacking Brutus with his crutch. Also on the card, Demolition this time scoring a win over Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Then from there, it's Greg the Hammer Valentine over at Polish power Ivan Putski. Putski refusing to submit, but the referee calling for the bell anyway. Discretion, people. And in the main event of the night, it's going to be the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage. But first, here's Cal Rudman standing by with Jimmy Hart. Interview area, about to interview Jimmy Hart. And tonight, he's got his man on the line, Honky Tonk Man, with the championship on the line. It's so important. And we want to find out uh, just what we think is going to happen. You know what a super night it's going to be, baby. I can't wait, Daddy. I can't wait. You're sitting on top of the world. You better believe it. You know, cool, cocky, and confident. You know, like you said, the, the hunky dunk man, he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. There's no doubt about it. And I guess you know about our brand new album, the Pile Driver album. The Pile Driver? It's about 350,000 copies on Columbia Records. You better believe it, CBS. Let me tell you something, too, Cal. You know, like I said before, on the front, there's a picture of Hulk Hogan. Honky Tonk Man's picture should have been on the front. You know it, I know it, and the people know it. The title song is sung by the little super midget, Coco Ware. You know, he's in a new motion picture called Beware. Walking Small. You know, that's how little this guy is. But, you know, everybody knows that, that maybe Jimmy Hart's song should have been number one, Crank It Up, or maybe Honky Tonk Man's song, Honky Tonk Man. But you know what I want to talk about now? I want to talk about Macho Man Randy Savage. Is there anything you want to say to me about him before I get wrapping on here, Daddy? Well, I'm a great believer in Honky Tonk Man. He's made a believer out of me. I 
I guess I have to believe in what you believe in, that uh, when the battle is through tonight, that Honky Tonk Man will still be the champion. Because he's just that good, he finds a way to win. You better believe it. You know, I always say, who's the smartest man in professional wrestling and why am I? Because you see, the Intercontinental Champion is the Honky Tonk Man. You know, a lot of people are upset because, you see, Miss Elizabeth got knocked down by the Honky Tonk Man in one of our Saturday night main events, from right or wrong. It was an accident. Well, let me just tell you, she shouldn't have been in the ring in the first place. You know that. Uh, a woman in professional wrestling, it's very, very dangerous. You know it, I know it, and the people know it. But let me just tell you something. Tonight's the biggest night of our life. Elizabeth, I'm going to warn you one last time, sweetheart. You get near the ring, you crawl in the ring, and I might just knock you out myself. Ooh, uh, uh, would a gentleman do that? <laughs> hey, who cares? You know, they say the, from the South, the honky-tonk man, Jimmy Hart, we're Southern gentlemen. But let me just tell you what, the belt is so important to us. That Intercontinental Championship means everything to the honky-tonk man. It means money. It means prestige. And let me just say this. Like I said, Macho Man, I haven't forgot. Look at this knot on my head. Fill this knot right here, Oh, Cal. he did you. Well, I, of course yeah. he did. Fill it right there. Not so hard, Cal. Not oh. so hard. It's still sore, man. But let me tell you something right now, Macho Man. We're going to get even with you for the knot on my head. And we're going to get even with you, Elizabeth. You crawl in the ring, like I said before. And it's going to be lights out for you. That's a promise from me to you. And once again, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time will be the honky-tonk man, Daddy. Well, we'll see what happens when we come right back. Oh, Killer Cal, playing a heel here tonight, backing the Honky Tonk Man. Let's see, Cal Rudman, music industry, Honky Tonk Man, looks like Elvis. Oh, now I get it. As we head to the ring, it is indeed IC champ Honky Tonk Man once again over the Macho Man Randy Savage on a countout similar to the finish we saw earlier in Boston. Savage blasting Honky with the megaphone, forcing him back into the ring, but the Macho Man does not beat the count, and Honky Tonk Man not only retains the belt, but he'll actually win the match as well. As we move on to November 8th, matinee show in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Civic Center. It's demolition over Haynes and Patera on a disqualification. Brutus Beefcake pinning Greg Valentine. Dino Bravo over Brady Boone. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring a pin over the Mighty Hercules. Virgil once again subbing for DiBiase. Virgil pinning Ivan Putzky. Maybe that's what did it for Ivan Putzky here. Jobbing to Virgil. Also on the card, it's the Islanders over Tag Team Champion Strike Force on a countout, and WWF IC Champion Honky Tonk Man over the Macho Man one more time, this time by disqualification. Savage caught using Jimmy Hart's megaphone in this one as we move on to Landover, Maryland at the Cap Center. November the 8th also, some familiar names from the last card, Hercules over Brady Boone. It's Virgil defeating Ivan Putzky once again. Greg the Hammer Valentine over George the Animal Steel. It's Brutus Beefcake pinning Dino Bravo. Demolition battling Patera and Haynes to a double countout. Bam Bam Bigelow again over Killer Khan. Tag Team Champion Strike Force defeating the Islanders in a two out of three fall matchup. And the last match of the night, going to see IC Champ Honky Tonk Man over the Macho Man on a countout. As we head back up north to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, November the 8th, also the same cart, Regina, Saskatchewan, at the Agridome the following day, November the 9th. But first up in Calgary at the Saddle Dome in front of 4,500 fans. Remember, identical cards both nights. Here are the results. Going to see the Ultimate Warrior over Barry Horowitz. It's Sam Houston pinning Goldie Rogers, and we are in Calgary. And you might be asking, how did Goldie Rogers, a fairly well-known Canadian wrestler who competed quite a bit for Stu Hart's Stampede promotion, how did Goldie Rogers get on this card? Well, guys, this is it. We're in Calgary. Remember, it was this flight that saw Bob Orton arrested and essentially fired from the company. Goldie Rogers replacing Bob Orton on these cards. So it was the ultimate warrior over Barry Horowitz in the opener. Sam Houston 
pinning Goldie Rogers, sub for Bob Orton. Also, the Bolsheviks over the Rougeau brothers. So the Rougeaus falling underneath the Bolsheviks in the pecking order right now. Also on the card, ravishing Rick Rude with Andre the Giant in his corner once again. It's Rude pinning Mr. Wonderful after a trip up from Andre on the floor. Action continues. The Rock Don Morocco pinning Crippler Rip Oliver. Hacksaw Jim Duggan battling the King Harley race to a double disqualification. And in the main event, you knew these guys were in town. It's the Hart Foundation. Brett the Hitman Hart has come home alongside Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Dangerous Danny Davis for this six-man tag team match. It's the Hearts and Davis defeating the team of Coco Beware and the British Bulldogs. And only 4,500 fans here at the Saddle Dome. Brett, Neidhart, Bulldogs. Lots of familiar talent here coming to town for Stu Hart. As we continue November the 10th, Miami, Florida at the Knight Center. It's Dan Spivey over Frenchie Martin. Dino Bravo defeating B. Brian Blair. Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Greg Valentine. Demolition defeating Ken Patera and Scott McGee in town for this one. McGee subbing for Billy Jack Haynes. Remember, he's going to be out for a few shows here in the month of November. So the demos over Scott McGee and Ken Patera. Also on the card, ladies champion Sensational Sherry over Debbie Combs. IC champion Honky Tonk Man defeating Jake the Snake Roberts. And in the main event, tag team champion Strike Force defeating the Islanders inside a steel cage. Fun show there in Miami. Three titles on the line. You get a cage match. Lots of good stuff going on right there at the Knight Center. Also, November the 10th, back up north in Canada, in Vancouver, British Columbia, at the PE Coliseum. Not stadium, guys, just the Coliseum. Sam Houston on the card was originally scheduled to take on Cowboy Bob Orton. The replacement, not sure on that one, but we do have some other results here. In Vancouver, it's the Ultimate Warrior over Barry Horowitz, Rock Don Morocco over Rip Oliver, Hart Foundation defeating the Rougeau brothers. It's the British Bulldogs over the Bolsheviks, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase back in the ring, and his very first opponent, George the Animal Steel. Now, needless to say, DiBiase defeating the animal here in this encounter. Also on the card, Hillbilly Jim taking on Danny Davis. Don't have a result for that match for whatever reason, but I do have a result for the main event. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan teaming with the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. What a trio. Hogan, the Macho Man, and Hacksaw defeating the Heenan family members, King Kong Bundy, Ravishing Rick Rude, and the King Harley Race, Andre the Giant, in their corner. Rick Rude reportedly a substitute for Hercules in that one. Fun random six-man tag there to close that show, however. As we move on to November 11th, Seattle, Washington at the Coliseum in front of 16,000 fans. It's going to be a Saturday night's main event taping to air here later in the month. Now, in dark matches, it's Sam Houston over Barry Horowitz, Rock Down Morocco pinning Crippler Rip Oliver, the Ultimate Warrior over the Anvil Jim Neidhart on a disqualification, Anvil refusing to break a choke. How about that for a finish? Warrior couldn't get it done with the Anvil. Not quite yet here in 1987 anyway. Also here at this taping, it's the Bolsheviks over the Rougeos. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase pinning Hillbilly Jim. It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan battling the King Harley race to a double disqualification. And then the taping begins and the matches we're going to see as part of Saturday Night's Men event. No spoilers, guys, but I will tell you the matches right now. It's George the Animal Steel going up against Dangerous Danny Davis. Then from there, Bam Bam Bigelow stepping in. He's going to replace the originally announced Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the next match. It's Bam Bam Bigelow going up against the Mighty Hercules. Also, as part of Saturday Night's Main Event, 
Macho Man Randy Savage going one-on-one with the Hitman Bret Hart, and King Kong Bundy challenging Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. Fun little show there. Can't wait to get there. But for now, we continue on with house show results. West Palm Beach, Florida at the Auditorium, November the 11th. It's Brady Boone over Frenchie Martin. Ladies champion Sherry downing Debbie Combs. Greg the Hammer Valentine over B. Brian Blair. Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Dino Bravo. It's Demolition over Ken Patera and Scott McGee once again. Well, they are in Florida. It makes a little sense. IC champion the Hockey Tonk Man over Jake the Snake Roberts. And the main event of the night, tag team champion Strike Force defeating the Islanders. As we move into November the 12th, Oakland, California at the Coliseum. It's Outlaw Ron Bass over Jerry Monty. Monty subbing for Hillbilly Jim here. Rock Don Morocco over the Crippler Rip Oliver. Ivan Putski finally scoring a win. It's Putski over Steve Lombardi. The Bolsheviks once again defeating the Rougeau brothers. The Ultimate Warrior over Barry Horowitz. Jake the Snake Roberts pinning the Mighty Hercules. Bam Bam Bigelow over King Kong Bundy in a no DQ match. We've got a couple of matches left and a few soundbites lined up for you guys up next here on the card. It's Demolition preparing to take on the team of Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. All right, Bay Area Wrestling fans, get ready. Coming up on Thursday night, we're going to be at the Oakland Coliseum Arena across the Bay Bridge, 7.30 p.m. start. And I got to tell you, this is one that I personally am looking forward to. I'm going to be in town for this. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, to defend against the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And obviously, DiBiase has clout. He has paid Andre the Giant a sizable sum of money to be in his corner when the million-dollar man challenges Hulk Hogan for the world title. Billy Jack, Ken Patera, come on in, gentlemen. Welcome back to the San Francisco Bay Area. You're both from Portland, Oregon, not that far from here. You've got some business to conduct over in Oakland on Thursday night. You're going to be facing Axe and Smash from Demolition. And Ken, I've got to tell you, they are brutal. That's right. You know, I like a good street fight, a good bar brawl better than anybody or just equally as good as anybody. But when I'm on the receiving end, two against one, three against one, whatever the case may be, then I really get hot. My blood starts to boil. But Billy Jack's cousin, Brady Boone, is a 195, 200-pound man trying to make a living. And the demolition try to wipe him out, try to destroy him. Well, you didn't get the job done because of this man just happened to be there. And fortunately for me, I was there. And fortunately for me, we have an issue now. And we tend to tend to some business. We're going to do some chopping and some smashing on the demolition. All right, all of a sudden, emotions running at an all-time high because, Billy Jack, family's involved. It doesn't, you know, Gene, it doesn't matter to me if you're white, if you're black, if you're purple, pink, blue. That doesn't matter at all. Blood is sticking in water, and you all have relation out there. My cousin was demolished, basically, by the demolition. And now everybody watching on TV and in the Oakland Coliseum, November 12th. You better be ready, demolition. We know you're tough. But now you pick on someone your own size, and I don't care if it ends up in downtown Oakland. All right, I thank you, gentlemen. Tag team action. Haynes and Paterabini demolition this Thursday night. Oakland Coliseum Arena. Be ready to fight. All right, so we heard from the duo of Patera and Haynes there, but Haynes still out with that injury, if you will. And remember, in the opener, Jerry Monty subbing for Hillbilly Jim. Well, that's because Hillbilly Jim is subbing for Billy Jack Haynes. And we're going to see demolition score a win over the team of Ken Patera and the Hillbilly here on the show as we roll into the main event. Million Dollar Man going to get his chance to dethrone the WWF World Heavyweight Champion here tonight. It's Ted DiBiase taking on this man, 
the Hulkster. All right, fans of the Bay Area, get ready. We're going to return to the Oakland Coliseum Arena on Thursday night, November the 12th. We've got a 7.30 p.m. start at a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. I say terrific because when you take a look at these great names in the matchups, second to none. Also, the Rougeau brothers to go against the Bolsheviks. They are Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. See the dome on the one guy? Incredible. Hillbilly Jim to meet outlaw Ron Bass. And fans of the Bay Area, no evening of... What? Who is it? Who is Knows. I've got I, I made a mistake. I may mistake you, Hulk Hogan, but I don't mistake those 24-inch pythons plus that are a big part of you and the world's heavyweight champion. Come on in. Here in Oakland on November the 12th, you've got million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. You can't tell me that he hasn't greased some palms along the way. I just want the Hulkamaniacs to recognize my backjack in case I don't have a roadmap. Because if the Oakland Bay Bridge collapses, I want everybody to come to the matches and use my back, brother. I can handle the load, Jack. Million Dollar Man! The biggest mistake you ever made was dialing my phone, brother, when nobody was home. I was out in my main squeeze, Joan, man. The first day you came to the WWF, you should have known. You couldn't buy the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title. To buy that, brother, you gotta buy me. And to buy me, you gotta buy this. You gotta buy this. And you can't afford what's in here, brother. Million Dollar Man. All my Hulkamaniacs that have trained, that have prayed with me, brother, and eat their vitamins every day. Are gonna start calling me the prophet because I got something else I'm gonna teach him. And after I teach him the last lesson, brother, million dollar man, you're gonna know me as the prophet. You know, one thing, Hulk Hogan, since January the 23rd of 1984, there has been a not for sale sign on that heavyweight title. You can't buy me off, brother. And the moral to the story is money can't buy you nothing around here. Oh, he is a prophet. He's heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan in Oakland on Thursday night, November the 12th. Ooh, man, and brother, brother, Ted DiBiase, going to get his shot here in Oakland, taking on the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. Let's see how it goes. DiBiase to the ring. He's accompanied, of course, by his bodyguard, Virgil, but that's not all. DiBiase also accompanied to the ring by Andre the Giant, and that will allow the million-dollar man to defeat the WWF champion Hulk Hogan, albeit on a countout, after Andre the Giant interfered, headbutting the Hulkster, knocking him out on the floor. DiBiase scoring the win, albeit, again, on a count-out, the title will not change hands. So we further, we begin this storyline here at a house show between Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, and the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. November the 12th, Pittsburgh, Kansas? Pittsburgh, Kansas, how about that? Pittsburgh State University, going to see Dan Spivey battle Sam Houston to a draw, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, the Killer Bees, over Jose Luis Rivera and Jose Estrada. They haven't yet put on those masks. Also on the card, ladies champion Sherry over Debbie Combs. It's Dino Bravo defeating the Junkyard Dog on a DQ. Brutus the Barber Beefcake over at Greg the Hammer Valentine. Tag team champion Strikeforce scoring a win over the Islanders. And in the main event, Intercontinental champion Honky Tonk Man defeating the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Now there's no asterisk here, no DQ, no count out. I'm not sure if it truly was a pinfall. I'm going to have to assume that it wasn't, but... Here are the results. It simply says the Honky Tonk Man beats the Macho Man. Then from there, Thomas and Max Center, Las Vegas, Nevada. Hmm, I wonder if our own Roman Gomez was at this show. November the 13th here in Vegas, going to see the Ultimate Warrior over Barry Horowitz, Rock Don Morocco over Crippler Rip Oliver, Polish Power Ivan Putski, pinning Steve Lombardi, Outlaw Ron Bass over Hillbilly Jim, 
Jake the Snake Roberts again pinning the Mighty Hercules. Bolsheviks over the Rougeos. It's Billy Jack Haynes back in the ring teaming with Ken Patera. They defeat the team of Demolition on a disqualification after interference from manager Mr. Fuji. Then from there, Bam Bam Bigelow scoring yet another pin over King Kong Bundy. And in the main event, the 7,179 fans out to see the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase with Andre the Giant in his corner once again. It's DiBiase scoring yet another win over the WWF champion Hulk Hogan on a countout after interference from Andre the Giant on the outside. Overall, outside of that Bam Bam Bundy match, a very weak undercard. But you can get away with that when the Hulkster was on top. Then November the 14th, Salt Palace, Salt Lake City, Utah. Matinee show, not too many results for the undercard, which had the Rougeos against the Bolsheviks. We've seen the Bolsheviks going over each and every time, so they likely went over here. Also on the undercard here in Salt Lake City, it was Jake Roberts taking on King Kong Bundy. Ted DiBiase going up against the Birdman Coco Beware. Demolition against Haynes and Patera once more. But in the main event, Killer Khan still here. Khan going in here to challenge the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. Hogan going to retain, as if there was ever any question. The Hulkster defeating Killer Khan here in Utah. And they're going to take this troop of guys and a few extra and head back over to the West Coast. From Salt Lake City to Los Angeles, California, all in the same day, November the 14th, 9,000 fans out here at the Sports Arena in L.A. Going to see S.D. Jones over Billy Anderson, the Ultimate Warrior, defeating Barry Horowitz. It's the Bolsheviks over the Rougeos, Outlaw Ron Bass pinning Hillbilly Jim, Don Morocco defeating the Mighty Hercules, Haynes and Patera over Demolition on DQ. Crippler Rip Oliver getting a rare win here, scoring the pin over Scott Casey. It's Polish power Ivan Putzky over Steve Lombardi. Million Dollar Man pinning Jake the Snake Roberts. Ravishing Rick Rude over the Birdman Coco Beware. And in the main event, 9,000 fans out to see WWF champion Hulk Hogan pin the Mongolian Killer Khan. And then we have a repeat pattern of sorts here. Three shows in two days have the same results. We're going to look first at the matinee show, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Then later that same day, also the same show in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Market Square Arena on November the 14th. And we'll see the same results again the following day, November the 15th, in South Bend, Indiana, at the Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center. And those results include Sam Houston over Iron Mike Sharp, Sharp subbing for the now terminated Bob Orton. So it's Houston over Mike Sharp in the opener. Also on the card, ladies champion Sherry over Debbie Combs. Dan Spivey defeating Jerry Allen. The Killer Bees defeat the brand new team of the Conquistadors. There you go. Also on the card, Intercontinental Champion Hockey Tonk Man over the Macho Man on a DQ. It's the new Dream Team defeating Brutus Beefcake and the Junkyard Dog. One Man Gang over George the Animal Steel with the big splash. WWF Tag Team Champions Strike Force defeating the Islanders in what is called a steel cage elimination match. Very interesting. Now, I should point out on that November 14th matinee show in Fort Wayne, a couple of matches flip-flopped there. It was the gang over JYD and the new Dream Team taking out Brutus Beefcake and George the Animal Steel instead. But for all intents and purposes, the same show three times in two days there, headlined by a cage match between the Islanders and Strike Force. And, of course, the Macho Man and Honky Tonk Man as well. Also on November the 15th, Reno, Nevada at the Lawler Events Center. It's Rip Oliver over Scott Casey, Ron Bass downing Hillbilly Jim, the Warrior once again defeating Barry Horowitz, the Bolsheviks over the Rougeos, Rock Don Morocco defeating Hercules, 
Ivan Putsky, once again scoring a win over Steve Lombardi. It's Haynes and Patera over Demolition on a DQ. Ravishing Rick Rude, scoring another win over the Birdman Coco Beware. Ted DiBiase, picking up a win over Jake the Snake Roberts. And in the main event here in Reno, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan downing Killer Khan. As we head back out east, East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Meadowlands Arena, November the 16th, draws under 5,000 fans for this card, and I can't believe it, guys. Lots of fun action, but before we get going, let's hear a promo in regards to this card from Hacksaw Jim Duggan. All right, in the shadow of New York City at the Meadowlands Sports Arena, over in East Rutherford, New Jersey, a week from this Monday night, Monday night, November the 16th, 7.30 p.m. start. Not one, ladies and gentlemen, but two gigantic battle royals, one featuring the superstars of today, the other featuring the superstars of yesteryear. That is going to be exciting. So much is happening in New York. You've got, of course, the Survivor Series coming up. We've got brand new tag team champions. By the way, congratulations, Tito Santana and Rick Martel, Strike Force, brand new tag team champions here at the World Wrestling Federation. Now, in the Meadowlands on Monday night, November the 16th, 7.30 p.m. start, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Come Here on I in. Come, what in Here the world come right now is and going on? that stuff out of my way or I'll bust up more than these lights. I'll bust up more than these cameras. I'll bust up more than this backdrop because Hacksaw Jim Duggan is mad. You understand one thing, Harley Race? It's one thing to come out here with that big old bucket head of yours and that crown sitting on it, walking around not wanting to look anybody in the eye. But let me tell you something. It's another thing altogether. When I'm standing out there with your cape and your crown, you take this two-by-four and work me over. You're going to go down. Tough guy. Thank you, Hacksaw. Jim Duggan to meet the King Harley Race in the Meadowlands Monday night, November the 16th. Oh, and there it was, Hacksaw cutting a promo for this Meadowlands card. Unfortunately, Duggan is not here. We'll get to that a little later in the card, but the matches look like this. It's Outlaw Ron Bass over Jerry Allen. Dan Spivey defeating Ivan Putsky. I'd like to see that one. Don Morocco over Hercules. The New Dream Team scoring a win over JYD and Brutus Beefcake. Billy Jack Haynes pinning Demolition Smash one-on-one. Then from there, it's Demolition Axe defeating Ken Patera. Thanks to a little help from Mr. Fuji and his cane there. Jake the Snake Roberts defeating Killer Khan on a disqualification. Once again, Fuji interfering, but this time getting caught. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase pinning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Did the match ever take place? Well, yes, it did, guys. Right here, November 16th, 1987 in the Meadowlands, to say the least. It's DiBiase pinning the Dragon with the help of Virgil on the outside. But the action continues. Scheduled to see King Harley Race taking on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Not really sure what happened here, why Duggan didn't make the card, but instead filling in, it's the Macho Man Randy Savage subbing for Jim Duggan. I'm sure nobody was complaining. And it's going to be Savage pinning the King Harley Race. But we're not done yet, guys. Back-to-back Battle Royals upcoming, including the infamous Legends Battle Royal. You guys may have heard tell of this, specifically in Lanny Poffo interviews. Yes, out of the blue, Vince McMahon and company thought it would be a great idea to invite a bunch of legendary wrestling stars to return to the ring one night only for a battle royal to crown, I guess, the legend of all legends. And that battle royal was won by Luthez. Seems fitting. Luthez going to win the Legends Battle Royal by last eliminating another former NWA World Champion in Pat O'Connor. Now, just some of the other participants in this match included Nick Bockwinkle, Bobo Brazil, Gino Brito, 
Edouard Carpentier, Al Costello of the Kangaroos, Da Crusher, Dominic Danucci, Tony Garia filling in here. It's Rene Goulet, Gene Kaniski. Hey, big thunder in there. Killer Kowalski, former WWF champion Pedro Morales, Baron Mikel Cicluna, Arnold Scotland, Crippler Ray Stevens, Chief J Strongbow, and Sailor Art Thomas. Now, some of you are asking, I'm not going to leave it hanging there in space. Why did I refer to this as the infamous Legends Battle Royal? Well, I'll tell you guys the story in short form. Lanny Poffos told the story many, many times. When they booked this show, Randy Savage went to the agents, most specifically Chief J Strongbow, and asked him to include his father. It would mean a lot to his father, Angelo Poffo, if he could be part of this Legends Battle Royal. Well, the Chief clearly had some issues or something along those lines with Angelo Poffo, or maybe he simply wanted to be a dickhead. I really don't know what the story truly is, but Strongbow went out of his way to make sure that Angelo Poffo was not invited to participate in this battle royal and to quote Lenny Poffo, the macho man had a memory like an elephant. He never forgot and he never forgave either. Macho man not happy with Chief J Strongbow, which may explain a little karma here. Strongbow, the first man eliminated in this battle royal and on the way out, he breaks his wrist. And for those of you who are sticklers for stats, final five men in the ring, the eliminations looked like this. It was Killer Kowalski out by Luthez, then Ray Stevens eliminated by Pat O'Connor. Then from there, the former AWA champion Nick Bockwinkle eliminated by both Thez and O'Connor. And then we were down to just two men, two former NWA world champions, two of the best to ever do it in the ring. And Thez going to eliminate Pat O'Connor. Very dangerous bump here. Both guys could have really been injured. But Thez going to eliminate Pat O'Connor with a backdrop. Then after the contest, the two men square off and shake hands. But I did mention two Battle Royals, guys. And we saw our Legends Battle Royal. And now it's time for the current modern-day superstar Battle Royal. That's going to be won by Jake the Snake Roberts, who last eliminates the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Now what was funny before it came down to those final two men, DiBiase actually paid off Dino Bravo and Hercules to eliminate themselves. $10,000 each to eliminate themselves from the Battle Royal. But I guess Jake wasn't for sale, at least not tonight. Comes down to the Million Dollar Man and the Snake Man. Virgil trying to pull the rope down for Jake to go over, but Jake reversing and DiBiase taking the bump to the floor instead. Jake the Snake Roberts scoring the win here to close out the night in the Meadowlands. Sounds like a fun night of action. As we go on to Moline, Illinois at the Wharton Fieldhouse, November the 16th, in front of just 1,096 fans paid. Going to see Sam Houston over Barry Horowitz. Ultimate Warrior defeating Steve Lombardi. One-man gang downing George the Animal Steel. Ladies champion Sherry over Debbie Combs. The Killer Bees defeating the Conquistadors, Jose Estrada and Jose Luis Rivera. Also, the Bolsheviks over the Rougeau brothers. Ravishing Rick Rude, pinning the Birdman Coco Beware, and in the main event, Tag Team Champion Strike Force over the Islanders. And it's time for a new set of TV tapings, guys. On November the 17th, Des Moines, Iowa at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium. 11,000 fans here sold out here in Des Moines for a Superstars taping. And in dark matches and tryout matches, some of the matches on the card, Earthquake Ferris, not that Earthquake, guys. Google Earthquake Ferris, a very different man. But he does score a win here over Reno Riggins. Also, Vinny Valentino here picking up a win over Steve Lombardi. That was kind of unusual. I would have figured Valentino by this point was on the downswing of his career. But nevertheless, it is Valentino over Steve Lombardi. Killer Khan defeating a unknown job guy. 
King Harley Race defeating Caxaw Jim Duggan on a disqualification. Tag Team Champion Strike Force over the Islanders and WWF Champion Hulk Hogan pinning the one-man gang. Lots of fun dark matches here. A couple of tryouts, if you will, but also Duggan and Harley, Strike Force the Islanders, and of course you get your Hogan match pinning one-man gang here in Des Moines. Also here as part of the Superstars taping, there was a match that will air on primetime, but not until January of 1988. It's Bam Bam Bigelow pinning King Kong Bundy. This also marks the set of TV tapings where Jimmy Hart will take over as Greg Valentine's manager. And of course, we know Frenchie Martin now going to be with Dino Bravo as we move on to the following day, November the 18th, Omaha, Nebraska at the Civic Auditorium. 9,723 fans in the dark matches. It's ravishing Rick Rude over Jake Roberts by a countout. Ladies champion Sherry defeating Debbie Combs. Rock Don Morocco over the natural Butch Reed on a countout. Then from there, it's Demolition scoring a win over Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera. And in the main event dark match, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase once again, Andre the Giant in his corner, defeating WWF Champion Hulk Hogan on a countout, all thanks to interference from the Giant. And the results go on. Hershey, Pennsylvania, Hershey Park Arena, November the 20th. Coco Beware over the outlaw Ron Bass. It's Sensational Sherry defending her title over Rockin' Robin this time around. No Debbie Combs here heading into the Survivor Series. Also on the card, Young Stallions defeating the Conquistadors. It's Killer Khan over George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man defeating Randy Savage on a countout. Jim Duggan over King Harley Race. The One Man Gang defeating the Junkyard Dog and the final match of the night, Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs. November 21st, London, Ontario at the London Gardens. 5,594 fans Going to see ladies champion Sensational Sherry over the rookie Rockin' Robin once more. It's the Young Stallions defeating the Conquistadors. Coco Beware over Outlaw Ron Bass. George the Animal Steel defeating Cowboy Frankie Lane with that flying hammer lock hold. Also on the card, Junkyard Dog pins King Kong Bundy. Leading into Saturday night's main event? Really? Also on the card, King Harley Race defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's the Hart Foundation over the British Bulldogs with use of Jimmy Hart's megaphone, and in the final match of the night, IC champion Hockey Talk Man defeating the Macho Man on a DQ. As the WWF going to return to Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens November the 22nd for a matinee show in front of, woo, 17,500 fans. Let's take a look at this card, shall we? Ladies champion Sensational Sherry over Rockin' Robin, Young Stallions defeating the Conquistadors, it's Outlaw Ron Bass over the Birdman Coco Beware. So much for singing, Coco. King Harley Race, defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan on a DQ. King Kong Bundy battling the Junkyard Dog to a double disqualification. Also, six-man tag team action. Listen to this. Macho Man Randy Savage teaming with the British Bulldogs, defeating the team of IC champ Hockey Talk Man and the Hart Foundation. Ooh, listen to that matchup. Stuff dreams are made of. The Bulldogs teaming with the Macho Man to take on the Hart Foundation. And the Honky Tonk Man. And in the main event, if that wasn't enough, no wonder you draw 17,000 fans. First you get the sixth man, and then you get Ted DiBiase, again scoring a win over Hulk Hogan. No Andre here for this show, however. It's DiBiase picking up that count-out victory over the WWF champion with the help of Virgil and King Kong Bundy. So one night he's jobbing to JYD, the next night he's costing Hulk Hogan a match. Okay. And November 22nd, Hartford, Connecticut at the Civic Center. 8,000 fans to see Frenchie Martin over Ivan Putzky. Yee. Let's see. 
Frenchie Martin, about to become a manager, has won very few matches since coming here to the company, versus the legendary Ivan Putski, and Putski doing a job here by pinfall to Frenchie in the opener. Yeah, I think he gave his notice. Also on the card, it's Young Stallions over the Conquistadors. Coco Beware defeating Outlaw Ron Bass. Oh, another six-man. Another fun one here. Macho Man again teaming with the Bulldogs over the Hart Foundation and the Honky Tonk Man. Then we see the King Harley Race scoring a win over Jim Duggan on a DQ. King Kong Bundy pinning the Junkyard Dog with a big elbow drop. Intercontinental Champion back out here again. One-on-one now, Honky Tonk Man defeating the Macho Man on a disqualification. Now you might be asking, wait a minute. Didn't we already see Savage and Honky compete in that six-man tag earlier on the show? WWF really wasn't one to double down, unless it was TV tapings, having a wrestler perform more than once unless they had to. Well, that's the case here. I'm sure Honky wasn't happy working double duty. But apparently WWF champion Hulk Hogan hadn't arrived in time for the show, so they were actually doing this matchup, this unadvertised intercontinental title match, an added addition to the show here in Hartford to kill time for Hogan to get to the arena until he finally does arrive, and then it's the million-dollar man scoring another count-out victory over WWF champion Hulk Hogan. When there's a distraction on the floor allowing Virgil, of all people, to post Hulk Hogan, Hogan going headfirst into that steel ring post, taking the count-out loss to the million-dollar man here. How about that, guys? You walk in, you know you're getting the WWF champion Hulk Hogan taking on the million-dollar man. You know you're getting that awesome six-man tag team match, but then on top of that, you get an intercontinental title match unscheduled as well. How lucky is Hartford? As the WWF continues on in Worcester, Mass. at the Centrum, November the 23rd, Outlaw Ron Bass over Ivan Putski, the Bolsheviks defeating the Young Stallions. It's JYD over King Kong Bundy on a disqualification. Million Dollar Man pinning the Birdman, Coco Beware. Women's Tag Team Champions finally back in town just a few days before the Survivor Series. It's Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, the Glamour Girls. Scoring a win over the Jumping Bomb Angels here in Worcester. Hacksaw Jim Duggan pinning the King Harley Race. And in the main event, Macho Man, again teaming with the Bulldogs over the Hart Foundation and the Honky Tonk Man. And now, just two days out from the big Survivor Series pay-per-view, the WWF heads to New York City and Madison Square Garden November the 24th. 17,000 fans going to witness this one as well as everyone at home in the local area as this show is televised. On the MSG Network, going to include Gorilla Monsoon, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Nick Bockwinkle on commentary. Now, there is a trio. How's that for a broadcast team? And on the card here in MSG, it's the Ultimate Warrior pinning Frenchie Martin. This makes Warrior's MSG debut. Frenchie substituting for the now-fired Cowboy Bob Orton here. Warrior versus Bob Orton. Could have been interesting. Instead, it's Warrior scoring a win here over Frenchie Martin. Also on the card in the Garden, ladies tag team champion Glamour Girls defeating the Jumping Bomb Angels. Match goes about 14 minutes. Kai going to score the win for her team after Judy Martin comes in behind the referee's back, delivering a big power bomb. Post-match, the Glamour Girls going to get a little bit of heat back here, running their opponents and their manager, their new manager, Jimmy Hart, away from the ring. Then from there, it's Ravishing Rick Rude scoring a win over at Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Sadly, this will mark Orndorff's final appearance in Madison Square Garden. From there, in a match that went entirely too long, it was the Killer Bees scoring a win over the Bolsheviks in 20 minutes and 26 seconds. No thanks. And up next, I see title on the line, the Honky Tonk Man going to defend his title against this man, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. 
All right, hi again, folks. Here at the Big Apple, Madison Square Garden, Tuesday night, November the 24th, 7.30 p.m., a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. Macho Man Randy Savage. Things have not been the same. I don't know if they can ever be returned to any level of sanity for you, for Elizabeth, but I know one thing. You've got the honky-tonk man here in the garden on November the 24th. Madison Square Gardens, yeah, on the 24th. Yeah, your team, yeah. The honky-tonk man's team in the Survivor Series better get themselves a new captain because you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it to the Survivor Series. I got you in Madison Square Gardens, the home, the macho man, Randy Savage. And I remember what you did on Saturday night's main event. Yeah, to a Elizabeth, yeah. To Elizabeth, the physical pain, yeah. It's now gone, yeah. The sore shoulder and the sore jaw, yeah. Uh-huh, you scared her pretty good. And she remembers it. She remembers it real well. To the point of nightmares, yeah. And I'm telling you, honky-tonk, man, I'm gonna get rid of those nightmares all at one time. All at one time. And I'm serious, yeah. Honky-tonk, man, you're gonna wish that you weren't born, yeah. When I'm there. And I'm gonna take you all over MSG. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, and I'm gonna do it. Yeah. All right, Tuesday, November 24th. And there you hear it straight from the madness's mouth. Gonna look for some revenge on behalf of the lovely Elizabeth here. Savage also gunning for that IC belt. But it is the Honky Talk Man scoring the win here over the Macho Man once again on a count out here. And MSG Honky gonna retain. Heading into the big pay-per-view, it would seem. And then from there, Jake the Snake Roberts over at Dangerous Danny Davis with the DDT. Davis having to be carried to the back by several officials and manager Jimmy Hart. Also on the card, tag team champion Strike Force defeating the Hart Foundation in a rematch here. Match actually ends in a disqualification after about 18 minutes. Bret Hart caught using Jimmy Hart's megaphone as Rick Martel was once again going for the Boston Crab, the same move he used to defeat Jim Neidhart. On TV, Martel trying to do it again here on the anvil. Bret Hart not going to have any of it this time. Blasting Martel with a megaphone, and the Hart's getting disqualified in the process. And just a couple more matches here at MSG this time around. It's Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase scoring a pinfall win over Ivan Putski with a big power slam. Match only goes about three minutes. And while Putski's back on his way out of the WWF, this marks DiBiase's return to Madison Square Garden after nearly eight years. Remember his match with Hulk Hogan all the way back then? It's a different Ted DiBiase now. And in the final match of the night here at MSG, it's Bam Bam Bigelow, Oliver Humperdinck in his corner. Bigelow going to score a pinfall win over King Kong Bundy, who has Bobby Heenan by his side. Bundy going for the big splash himself. He misses, and it's Bam Bam Bigelow capitalizing with a splash of his own. Bigelow putting away King Kong Bundy to close out the night there at the Garden as we continue on November the 25th, just one day prior to Survivor Series now, Providence, Rhode Island at the Civic Center. 10,800 fans, as sadly the opener, the original opener, was slated to see the Ultimate Warrior take on Frenchie Martin. That match wound up canceled, but the rest of the card, it looks like this. It was the Killer Bees over the Bolsheviks. Rick Rude defeating Paul Orndorff on a countout. Listen to this one. Iron Mike Sharp. Pins Polish power Ivan Putski. So as I said, Putski clearly finishing up here. His days are numbered. He should be gone before the end of the month. Then we see the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase once again over Hulk Hogan on a countout after Andre the Giant comes ringside 
costing the Hulkster the matchup there. Ladies Tag Team Champions Glamour Girls over the Jumping Bomb Angels. It's Bam Bam Bigelow over King Kong Bundy once more. And in the final match of the night here in Providence, the Hart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs. Fast forward the following night, Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, November the 26th, Thanksgiving Day. It's the Survivor Series. In front of a sellout crowd of 21,000 fans there in suburban Cleveland. And we're not going to get into those results here on this week's episode of The Grenade, but we are going to tackle it at length in just a couple weeks' time here. So stay tuned for that one. For now, we're going to move on to November the 27th. In fact, the following two days, going to see a very similar card. I don't have results, but I do have the matches. In fact, a lot of similar matches that we've been covering all month long, but I want to stay on track here. November the 27th, Nashville, Tennessee at the Municipal Auditorium. Also, same card, November the 28th, Huntsville, Alabama at the Von Braun Civic Center. Now, I don't have definitive results for these shows, but some of these matches, like I said, have been taking place all month long, so some of the results kind of write themselves at this point. I'll let you guys be the judge. On these cards, it was Sam Houston against Barry Horowitz. Ultimate Warrior, I'm assuming, over Iron Mike Sharp. Ladies Tag Team Champions, Glamour Girls, continuing to defend against the Jumping Bomb Angels. Obviously, the Glamour Girls will retain. It's Jake the Snake Roberts slated to take on the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase on these shows. Hacksaw Jim Duggan continues his matches with the King Harley Race. Demolition taking on Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff against Rick Rude. And Randy Savage continuing to challenge IC champion Honky Tonk Man. What a card, guys, from top to bottom. That hidden gem of those Glamour Girls jumping Bomb Angel matches. But look on down the line. Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase, Duggan and Harley Race, Demolition here taking on Haynes and Patera. It's Rude and Orndorff and Savage and Honky Tonk on the same show. And hey, I know he hasn't made it yet, but even the Ultimate Warrior on the preliminaries here. As we continue on, finishing up the month, we head back up to Canada, Montreal, Quebec, and the Forum on November the 28th. It's Leaping Lanny Poffo over Steve Lombardi. Greg the Hammer Valentine defeating Outback Jack. Haven't seen that name all month. Danny Spivey over Jerry Allen. The Rock Don Morocco defeating the natural Butch Reed. It's Bam Bam Bigelow over King Kong Bundy, subbing for the now-gone Killer Khan. I believe Khan finished up right before the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Also here in Montreal, the Rougeos in town. Makes sense. Finally scoring a win, and rightfully so here, in their native Montreal, Quebec. It's the Rougeos over the Bolsheviks. We also got singles action from tag team champion Tito Santana defeating Tama of the Islanders. Now, this match originally scheduled to be a tag team title match. You have to wonder what happened here. Rick Martel and Haku, both very well known in the Montreal territory, specifically Rick Martel, who is from the area. So you have to think if they were there, they would have went. So I can only guess maybe transportation problems. Not really sure what the issue was here. So instead we get Tito Santana over Tama. And it wouldn't be a Montreal card without Dino Bravo in town to score a win over Brutus the Barber Beefcake, because of course he does. This was back in the day when the hometown guys would typically get a win. Remember that, Vince? So the Montreal fans came out. They got to see a lot of their local favorites from the past several years. The Rougeau brothers, Dino Bravo. They were expecting to see Rick Martel, Haku as well. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But they also get the main event of WWF champion Hulk Hogan scoring a win over the one-man gang. Had to be a fun night at the Forum. As we head into the weekend, a couple of shows canceled. Remember the WWF doing away for now with those C-Town weekday shows. Well, 
there's no excuse here. This is the weekend. Not really sure what happened here. A couple of canceled shows, November the 28th in Utica, New York, and then November the 29th as well in Peoria, Illinois. Both shows canceled by the World Wrestling Federation. But there were shows that did happen on November the 29th, including an event at the Silverdome. Yes, that Silverdome, guys. Pontiac, Michigan, site of WrestleMania 3. You have to think they cut that down substantially here. Nowhere near 93,000 fans out for this matinee show that featured the Rougeau brothers over the Bolsheviks. Don Morocco pinning, well, it says Killer Khan, but I'm pretty sure Khan was gone. So either he came back for one match or Morocco's opponent is incorrect here. But nevertheless, it's the Rougeaus over the Bolsheviks. Morocco defeating Killer Khan. Bam Bam Bigelow pinning the natural Butch Reed. Jake the Snake Roberts battling Ted DiBiase to a double countout. Tag team champion Strike Force over the Islanders. So Martell and Haku right back in action here. And in the main event, IC champion Honky Tonk Man defeating the Macho Man on a countout. Would have loved to have seen what a show inside the Silver Dome would look like, just a regular house show. You'd think they'd have to cut that building down by three quarters. Also, November the 28th, after finishing up in the Silver Dome, these same troops going to head off to Winnipeg, back across the border here in Manitoba at the famed Winnipeg Arena, November the 29th, in front of 4,000 fans. We'll see some similar matches here, as well as a few new names added to this card. It's Outback Jack over Steve Lombardi, Danny Spivey defeating Lanny Poffo, Don Morocco over Butch Reed, Bolsheviks defeating the Rougeau brothers, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase this time pinning Jake the Snake Roberts. This time it's Tito Santana scoring a win over Haku. Now this match also originally supposed to be Strike Force versus the Islanders. Last time it was Tito and Tama in Montreal. This time it's Tito and Haku in Winnipeg. Very odd that Rick Martel is skipping these Canadian shows, more specifically his native Montreal and then the Winnipeg Arena, which was part of the AWA country, and Martel a former AWA world champion, so really odd that Rick Martel would miss these shows unless he had to. And we just saw him here earlier in the day at the Silverdome, which makes it all the more intriguing. Also here in Winnipeg, Bam Bam Bigelow over Sika, the Wild Samoan. And in the final match, IC champion Honky Tonk Man once again over the Macho Man Randy Savage on a DQ. Seriously, guys, if we're doing this many DQs and countouts, why can't we give Savage a win? And the WWF going to do double duty here in Chicago in the Rosemont Horizon in the month of November. We already saw him here earlier in the month doing an evening show after a matinee in Springfield. Well, this time, November the 29th, WWF matinee show in St. Paul, Minnesota at the St. Paul Civic Center. That's going to be followed up later in the day, an evening show at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Once again, November the 29th, same card, identical finishes on both events. Going to see Sam Houston over Barry Horowitz, Ultimate Warrior defeating Iron Mike Sharp, Hacksaw Jim Duggan over King Harley Race, Brutus the Barber Beefcake downing Dino Bravo, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff scoring a win over Ravishing Rick Rude, it's Ladies Champion Glamour Girls over the Jumping Bomb Angels, didn't realize how many times the Bomb Angels jobbed to the Glamour Girls leading into that Royal Rumble in 88. Also on the card, Demolition, scoring a win over Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. And in the main event of the night here in St. Paul and Chicago, it was the one-man gang defeating WWF champion Hulk Hogan on a countout. Again, it's going to be interesting to see if they bring those matches back. And of course, St. Paul, much like Winnipeg, a huge AWA city. And you can throw Chicago in there a little bit too. And in the final results of the month here, November 30th, Sports Arena, San Diego, California. And the results go like this. Special Delivery Jones over Steve Lombardi. 
George the Animal Steel battling Seacott to a double countout. It's the Islanders finally picking up a win here, scoring a win over Coco Beware and Junkyard Dog. Odd match. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase defeating Jake the Snake Roberts. It's the team of the Rock Don Morocco and Bam Bam Bigelow over the Natural Butch Reed and the One Man Gang. Demolition once again successful over Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating Ravishing Rick Rude and Hercules. Finally, picking up his first win over Brutus the Barber Beefcake in San Diego. And that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up. Closing out the month of November results. Lots of interesting stuff there. We got a new TV taping. Those shows going to begin to air after the Survivor Series, even though they were recorded before. Not a lot of new talent in town, but we're really building on some of the more recent talent that arrived over the summer months. And even with Orndorff on his way out fairly soon right now, we're getting a little back and forth. Rick Rude going over some nights, Mr. Wonderful going over on the other. Hulk Hogan beginning to do count-out jobs to Ted DiBiase here, courtesy most nights of Andre the Giant's interference. Of course, that's all going to tie in, play in together here very soon on WWF TV. little planting of the seeds, if you will. The Randy Savage Honky Tonk Man feud seems to be in every town. Curious to see how they follow up these count-out and DQ wins for the Honky Tonk Man here. Are we going to get more, or is Macho Man going to move on? We'll have to wait and see. And of course, by the end of November, the new Dream Team No More. Though we do have the Conquistadors now, and I didn't touch on it here in the results, but Billy Graham, by the end of the month, written out storyline-wise, injured by the hands of the Doctor of Style Slicks camp of Butch Reed and the one-man gang, Don Morocco filling in at Survivor Series to replace the Prophet, the Superstar. And it was really unfortunate, sensational Sherry all month long, and even prior to that, working with Debbie Combs almost every night, and then like the week of the Survivor Series, Rockin' Robin, who was so green, I don't know that she had a professional match until she stepped in the ring with Sherry, to be honest with you, for that last week heading into the pay-per-view. And I feel like that was just done to get her ready for the pay-per-view itself so that she would kind of be ready to wrestle at the Richfield Coliseum. And unfortunately, Debbie Combs, the odd lady out, she doesn't even get to be part of the pay-per-view, which is really unfortunate. And as you guys can see, Dan Spivey's still here for now, but Putski gone, Bob Orton fired. Killer Khan abruptly leaves overnight. Sika apparently fired and rehired thanks to the fact that they lost Killer Khan. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring some big wins over King Kong Bundy. And a lot of little hidden gym six-man tags there near the end of the month featuring Randy Savage teaming with the British Bulldogs to take on the Hearts and the Honky Tonk Man. And this month felt a little lighter on results than we've been accustomed to for much of the year thus far, but that's okay. As we finish up here this week, we will return next week. Going to talk the first two weeks of WWF TV for the month of November, leading in to that big Survivor Series pay-per-view later in the month. And lots of big things going to happen next week here on The Grenade because the tag team titles are on the line when the Hart Foundation defend those belts against Strike Force. And of course, we've had these spoilers here all throughout the month of November in these house show results. Strike Force going to become the new tag team champions. How do they do it? We'll talk about it at length next week on The Grenade. But that's just one of the many things that are going to go down here next time on the show. So I ask you guys to tune in very soon for the next edition. And in the meantime, be sure to check out my other podcasts over there at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network located over at WrestleCopia.com. Guys, talking about the regional wrestling podcast where we talk the territories. Also, the Monday Warfare Project, dissecting the Monday Night War week by week. And coming soon, in just a few weeks' time, the Wrestling Stoop podcast with the legendary star Bob Roop, 
who has countless stories and memories to share with us all. And remember to follow me on social media on Twitter, on X, at Rasslin Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Rasslin Grenade. Over 5,000 followers right now at Facebook. Join today. And speaking of joining, why don't you guys check it out? Subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Rasslin Grenade. Over 500 videos and counting over there at YouTube. And last but certainly not least, you know I had to mention it, that $5 all-access tier over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. No subscription, cancel any time for that $5 all-access tier. Get you more gifts than you can imagine. As we get ready to close out the show this week, I just want to thank all of the loyal listeners of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, the Wrestling Memory Grenade. You've enabled me to keep the show up and running for all of these months, all of these years. And we're still going. So it's sign-off time for this week, but we will be back next week with more November 87 WWF right around the corner. So until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! I'm reaching past Jimmy Hurt all the way up, lightning bolts from the sky, yeah. Bringing it down all the way to the Boston Gardens, yeah. A specific and undesirable, yeah. I'm talking all the way. Mega power, yeah. Undesirable for a honky-tonk man, but it's specifically meant for you, man, yeah. Beantown could not answer to the macho man Randy Savage. If I didn't take the beaner, yeah. You honky-tonk man! And bring you from one end of the building all the way to the other end of the building, because I predict after the Boston Gardens, yeah, it's going to be like the Lakers versus the Celtics, but uh, multiplied by 10,000 times. Aha! Uh-huh. Macho Madness freaks all over the Boston area. That's a tough town, you know, yeah. Beantown's tough, and so is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And every Macho Madness freak that goes into the Boston Garden knows that the Macho Man, yeah, realizes Saturday night in the Boston Garden's gonna be one hell of a Macho Madness night.